The following podcast contains language that some may find offensive, concepts that some may find unsettling, and advice that some may find uncomfortable. It regularly contains ideas that have been described as questionable, outrageous, even immoral. Children should be shielded from its influence, and adults should proceed with caution. If you are still inclined to listen, be advised that nobody's nose makes no claim that you will emerge unaffected. You have been warned. Labia one, labia one, check, 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 back, check, 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 labia one. Are you done with your mic check? Because if you are, we're ready to go. Did you get, did you get proper levels? I got levels. Okay. I think they're proper. They seem to be working. Uh, I was just trying to make your job easier, but if I'm going to get slapped in the fucking ding-dong every time, I'm just not even going to make the effort. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome back. We haven't done an episode of The Token Asian for about a year and a half. There's a lot of reasons why we haven't done that, but... Not we... my fault. No, not Matt's fault. That's true. I've had nothing but time. Matt's been available, but there's been a number of reasons I haven't been able to do podcast recording for a while, but... I've got a whole slew of them coming out now. This one and my other podcast, I've known you too long. Well, it was because of the whole having to cure your sterility thing. Or was it impotence? I can't remember. Closer to the mic. Oh. <laughs> or was it impotence? I can't remember. I didn't mean you needed to repeat it. I just thought we'd just get better overall audio quality from you by getting you closer to the microphone. Perhaps it was impotence. This is pretty much it. <laughs> Things haven't really changed. Just imagine that nothing has changed much in the last uh, year and a half. Other than, um, I guess, probably the last time we did an episode, you were employed. Oh, maybe. And currently, you're not employed. You're looking for a job, though. Yeah, I've been. Anybody, you know, who wants to hire the token Asian could uh, contact us via the website, yeah, through the email. I could sit there and just rub your feet while you watch soap operas or whatever. You want to be some kind of personal assistant. Houseboy. A houseboy. Yep. All, uh, all that. That's a sign of success for rich whites. Is a is an Asian houseboy. That wouldn't be beneath you. Hey, how much are they paying me an hour? <laughs> that's it's like volleyball. I set that one up. Just hoping you were going to spike it. I thought you would say something like, "I might be beneath them." Well, that was going to be my second one. So I should probably get this started because we've got a lot to cover. What here's what happened last year when the last Jedi came out. We said we were going to do a movie special, even though we hadn't been doing the regular bi-weekly podcast. We said we were going to do a movie special because we do movie specials. We did Star Wars The Force Awakens. We did Hardcore Henry. We did Deadpool. I don't even remember talking about Hardcore Henry. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. Right. There's, a, there's a movie special. I got to start listening to these. <laughs> it's true. And we did Rogue One. And on the Rogue One episode, we had April Votolato in here with us for the whole time. And she talked about it with us, if you remember. Wait, what movie? Rogue One. Star Wars Rogue oh, One. Oh, right. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. So, Oh, that one. Yeah, and you gave her, you finally gave her the robot picture that we've been holding oh, on to right, for a long time. Right. So, basically, we're like, all right, certain movies we do. Certain movies, if they're a follow-up to a movie that we've seen, or just something that catches your eye, you know. We go see the Marvel movie. We go see various movies sometimes, but we don't always do podcasts about them. But we didn't get a Last Jedi episode in. Just the way things worked out. I didn't even have this room available for podcasting. 
We also then said... What? Was someone living in here or something? Uh, no, there's other people living in the house now though. So they were here all the time. And then this room was actually full of stuff. I had to actually clear out a bunch of stuff and get rid of a bunch of stuff just to make room to set the table and the microphone stands back up. Oh. It's just how it's been. So then we decided, okay, we will go see Deadpool two and we'll do a movie special about that. And then we thought, oh, and then right away, we're going to have to do solo. But what ended up happening is in about a 24-hour period, we saw both Deadpool 2 and Solo, a Star Dude, Wars like, story. And I will, I'll tell you just right now, Solo pretty much, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. And uh, what you're giving away the end. The, the, the we're problem, supposed to like wait till the end and say well, what the, pro- like. the problem is that I can't even fucking remember a lot of Deadpool. It's been re- overwritten by Solo. Right. And on top of that. So good luck. We never did a podcast where we talked about The Last Jedi. Do you remember The Last Jedi? Yeah. I can <laughs> give it a shot. But you, but you barely remember Deadpool from the day before yesterday. Well, that's because I guess I can only retain one movie at a time because it just r- rode over it. It actually, it I experienced a very similar phenomenon. But I mean, as far as Deadpool 2, I, I think mean, we, it, was, it was good. I it, think we both liked it. But we had a good time watching the, it. The only thing that, only criticism I have is that it uh it really didn't change at all from the first one like it it, it was kind of the same yeah, thing more, but you know it was good it was good but it was only as good as the first one it, it, you know it didn't add on to anything it didn't really add anything to the to the really good formula My, i'll admit it's a really great formula but yeah but it just didn't seem like they threw any curves into it or my quick assessment of Deadpool 2 was i like the first one better mm. And this one had a bunch of stuff I liked. I mean, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say, I mean, by saying that I like the first one better, I don't like it so much better that I don't think this one is good. I just, if I had never seen Deadpool 2, would it have really mattered? Yeah, well, because I, I just imagined it would, uh, it's almost like it was just issue number one and issue number two. It wasn't like, you know, movie one and movie two. I'll say this about Deadpool, though. It had some shit that was cool. Oh, by the way, Matt, what do we normally say before we do any of these movie reviews? This one's very lesbian friendly. No, that's not. That's Deadpool 2, though. Uh, Yeah, but what I said was, what do we usually say before we do one of these movie podcasts? Before we start talking about the movie? I don't know. It starts with an S. Suck it? No. Okay, no, no, that's not it. (laughs) Okay, let's try some others. Let's try some Um, other things that start with S. Suck? So we, okay, Starts you know what, well, hold on, you're not totally wrong. We usually do say sup, we greet each other when we're here. How have you been, Matt? People probably wonder what's going on with you. It has been a long time. Oh, uh, okay. So what's, what's been going on with you, man? What are you <laughs> getting? wasn't very convincing. What are you even getting yourself into? Not chicks. No, um. Are you an incel, Matt? Huh? Are you an incel? What's an incel? It's involuntarily celibate. These young um, men who are really angry because girls aren't giving them sex just for no reason. Oh, well, no, it's, it's totally not that because they got good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're saying that women have good reasons not to be giving you sex? Uh, dude, like, do you even know me? I know you fairly well. Yeah, I got some weird ass habits. I don't know if any of this has made it into earlier episodes since it's been so long, but you've been really obsessed with a thing that you've been calling gas play. Oh my god! Lately, so we're gonna go there, huh? Um, I <laughs> assumed you would just go there soon enough. 
Well, that was a very inorganic way of reaching Gasplay. I, I feel like you just dropped me right into the middle of Gasplay. So there's no, no four... What would you call Forewarning. it? Forewarning. Forewarning. Or foreplay? Well, you can't say foreplay for Gasplay. You don't want to use play twice. It's just not a good... You don't want to use play twice? No, because it doesn't sound right. It's well, like rhyming the same word with the same word. It's like, like rhyming Monday with Tuesday. You can't rhyme Monday with Tuesday. Okay, you can't rhyme foreplay with gas play. But you can rhyme Monday and Bunday. I met her on Monday. It was my lucky Monday. You know what I mean. That is... Spinal Tap. No, I understand that's Spinal Tap. <laughs> okay. What? I was going to say, you have made an unassailable point, sir. What? You're right. What you just said, I cannot put an argument up against it. There's oh. no debate. You're right about that. But gas play. I, so, but do you think it's a thing? You think people would enjoy that? What? Someone farting in the other person's mouth? Yeah. Is a sexual act? Is that gas play? Is that what was determined to be gas play? Taking it off the tap? Taking it off the ass tap? Sucking it off the big old rectal valve? Is that what we're talking about? Okay. There are multiple ways I need to answer what you just said. It's what you're talking about, not what we're talking about. Well, I was trying to include you just to be inclusive. I mean, uh, it's I'm like trying a to... yes and scenario. Well, no, I, I just you know I'm trying to I'm trying to bring us together as a species. I have no idea where Vinnie Barbarina just came from. It's like, oh my God, I'm flying a plane for reals. Gas play enthusiast, I, I Vinnie love Barbarina. Scientology. Oh, God, no. Don't do that. I love gas. No, 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 no. You shouldn't do that because I heard recently that um, he's a super high up in Scientology, like in the church, and they gave him- I know he can have me killed. Right. No, they gave him a special- License to kill. It, right. He's like, isn't he like their James Bond? He can kill a person and the church will cover it up. Well, I thought he was more of a cleaner. My God. So we would make I'm like the professional- like, or... Hey, hey, I'm here to kill you. <laughs> Wait, so who are you? John Travolta. Okay, what I was actually trying to do right there was actually create a scene between us. We were both playing characters. We don't do a lot of improv where we go into other characters, but I thought that was an opportunity. Gee, that, that, that was pretty obvious. Let's do it again. Let's, let's do it again, Wait, okay? You Well, you're going to be the, the character that you were just doing, I'm and I'm going to be the person that you were sent to kill. Go. Someone's at my door. This is strange. I'll better put my clothes on. Don't uh, worry. I've seen many men nude before. Well, well, you look familiar. Do I know you? My name is the killer. Uh, I'm here to kill you. Oh, I'm not going to unlock this door then. I think... Uh, hold on one minute. I'll be right out. I'll be right in. Then we can do the in out. Okay, this did not work. I don't think I somehow we're not, don't. We're think, not improv. People. We're not. No, we're not really improv people. But I kind of think the idea that shitty improv might be a fun thing to bring to the show. <laughs> It'll just make people sad. <laughs> I mean, but we'll come up with a name for it, like Dimprov or something. There you go, Dimprov. <laughs> Gee, I want to catch that. I wouldn't want to miss the Dimprov. Oh section. wait, no. For you, we'd have to go with something like Rimpov. No, not necessarily. I'm not like... Is that when you unexpectedly um, incorporate gas play into the bedroom? No, that would be a tongue ditch. It's, Wait, it, what? It, it's a tongue ditch. When it feels like your tongue it just goes into a dirty ditch. That's a, ass, or that's a gas play slip. 
You slip <laughs> like if one of the cheeks is real sweaty and, and you slip while you're sucking up the gas. I don't think I like this at all. Well, it's not supposed to be liked. It's what the kids call an, a gas play fail. So one thing that we that has not changed since I did listen to our last episode um, earlier today is you still think the kids are saying things. And if they are saying things, that you know what they are. Well, I mean, the kids are just a... That's just, what do you call it? Uh, another name for my nuts. This could shed some light on so much of what has happened across the prior episodes of the Token Asian. So every well, and, time... And ironically, they do shed sometimes. Hmm. Because you said shed light. What, on their um, own? Like needles from a pine tree? Are they hard and straight like needles, Matt? Are you like a porcupine? Dust in the wind. That's what they're like. It's a big old dust storm of pubes come spring. So they... Wait. Do they just disintegrate and fall off? Like, do you just dust off your shorts? No, it's like hitting someone in the head with a five-pound bag of flour. It, yeah. It's oh, a, it's that. It's a big old... I'm getting older, so it's pretty much a big old dust-up. It's ashy, was what you're saying. One could say it's ashy. I'm sorry, dude. Or it's yellow ash. Yashy. See, for a minute, I had this idea that you had these, like... That you were kind of like a porcupine scrote. No, I just have a dick dandruff. That's a great name for a character. Dick Dandruff? Dick Dandruff. Private Eye. That's a total, yeah. That, well, it's a total, like, Marvel character, because uh, Stan Lee, he likes those two names, first and last, same consonant. Dick Dandruff. Dick Dandruff. Merry Menstruation. Those are the two that you come up with. Well, I mean, I can keep on, um... I think Dick Dangle is probably more of a... Harry Hyman? Richard... Richard Dangle. It's a good name for a character. And I don't even think you can grow hair on a Hyman King. What do you think this is? Anatomy class? Come on. You know, I'm actually... You don't know, You, do you? use that term all the time. No, I'm pretty sure no, but you use that term all the time, and I always feel like you're using it wrong. And then we saw that puppet movie trailer the other night in the theater when we were at Deadpool 2. So this is something you'll remember from Deadpool 2. Oh, the guy uh, ejaculating. The puppet movie that the, the Henson kid is making. I just found out that the Muppets now... The Henson Company is suing the production company because they used um, No Sesame All Street in the trailer, and oh, they man. didn't want any association with Sesame Street, even though it's a Henson involved in the movie. Wow. So if anybody hasn't seen this, it's, uh, what's her name? You know, that woman who played Spicer. And the letter for today is F.U. What's her name? The letters for today are F.U. <laughs> what's the woman? Uh, she was in all those movies, and she's funny. Roseanne Barr? Fuck no. <laughs> no. Come on. I can't think of you're her actual only, name, but you're she's... You're not the only one who can do a setup. <laughs> she did the... No, today, while we're recording this, just to shortly before we started recording this episode, Roseanne Barr's uh, television show was canceled because of her racist tweet about Valerie Jarrett. And people are wondering, are all surprised. Did it, like, have you been following her for, like, I don't know, the past 30 years? She's always been kind of an interesting person. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. She was an interesting person. Yeah. She's she's always been uh, a little confused. Okay. I'm oh. still having some trouble. I'm resisting the urge to go to the laptop to get the name of the person. I was hoping you would know, but then I remember that you don't always necessarily know the names of all the like new comedy actors and stuff. But the woman who played Sean Spicer on SNL. I'm just bad Until with names. he was gone. People are yelling it out right now. I, well, it, I'm assuming that anyone's listening, but you know what I'm saying? They know Dick, who it is. Dick Gregory? Yeah, the woman that I'm thinking of 
from SNL who played Sean Spicer. Hey, a woman couldn't be was named Dick. Dick Gregory. A woman could be named Dick. Come on, it's it's the new age of everything is everything goes. Every well, no, <laughs> we're living in a society that's trying to desexualize itself. Wait, what are we are? Yeah, that's trying to desexualize itself. Well, you know how they don't want it to be best actress anymore. They want it to be best female actor. Oh, okay, I hear you saying that kind of thing. So I'm just trying to I'm trying to jump on the bandwagon. I want to be on the game instead of behind the game for once. Does the bandwagon want you on it? If you want to ride on the bandwagon, Dave, you just jump on. You don't ask permission. Melissa McCarthy. I'm so bummed that I couldn't just pull it off the top of my head, but I did just look it up. She's amazing. She's in all kinds of stuff. She's super funny. And she plays this puppet, this old, like, I guess, it's Muppets, I guess. It's, oh, wait, they're calling she, them puppets. She, yeah, she's the one that's mm, kind of husky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she's a big girl. Is that a pass? I just did a line from, no, I was just quoting Silence of the Lambs. But you didn't say your line correctly, which is, I like them roomy. No. This has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. The line you're supposed to say when you say Silence of the Lambs is, Ooh, she that big fat person. I can't quite do it. Hold on. Let me get, let's get, let's get that down. Is that how you hear it oh, in yeah. your head? It's a little bit more like, I don't know. Wow. Wait, was that your, it puts the lotion in the basket? That's, and you think in your head, that sounds like the movie. Because I know my impression is bad. We've already been over this. I my have impressions no idea. are not good. I have no idea. Was she that big fat person? I mean, you kind of got to get, but. <laughs> and then what happens is Jodie Foster then says, or I'm sorry, Clarice then says, yes, sir, she's a big girl. So it's like, you know, she's. Yes, sir, she's a big girl. I, was, I would say that was better, Matt, but none of us was good. None of us did a good job here right now, including what we're talking about. Um, Melissa McCarthy. Is a little bit larger. I think that might have been a bit rough. An actress. Um, yeah, sure. And she is in this puppet movie. I can't remember what it's called, but you're right. The last, it, the trailer that they're using to advertise the movie has the, the main puppet character ejaculating silly string all over his office. But I, I think, I think they're meaning for that to be semen. Yeah, I think that's why I used the word ejaculating. Hmm. <laughs> Never know where you're going to be with things. It's, well, all, you're, it's a good Every scene. single response is a surprise. Today, you're a little more you're a little more focused than I maybe would have. I expected. don't know why. Sometimes I say things and you're just not you're not picking up what I'm putting down. But you're you're right you're right in the in the conversation today. I'm right in the trenches. Yeah, I'm worried that we're we're going to be uh, crevasse, the cre- as, it, as it were. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm worried that we're going to be sacrificing some of the comedy that normally comes from this. Oh, I can fix that right now. Well, and see, no, you can't fake it. Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> People know. How can I not? How can I? Uh, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> so we're supposed to talk about these see, movies. that was totally planned. We're supposed to talk Did about these movies, fake? but we still haven't said the word that we have to say before we talk about the movies to express that the movies are about to be talked about and give the people a warning. Man, this is a long fucking road, the first space. What, what am I supposed to say? It starts with an S. Scrotum. No. Um, okay. You're, you're closer to where I would expect you to be, but we're supposed to warn people that there are going to be Spoilers! You remembered! I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, that took so fucking long. Of course it did. Spoilers! There's going to be spoilers. Lots of spoilers on these on these movies. You should have just said, 
what does your roommate leave in the refrigerator? <laughs> Matt, what does your roommate leave in the refrigerator? Exactly what you just said. Spoilers. Let's do it again. Okay. Matt, what does your roommate leave in the refrigerator? Spoilers! All right. We could just use that whatever we've got a big spoiler coming up. What I like is that the second time you weren't confused. Spoilers! Right. So we're going to talk about these movies. We're going we're gonna to knock Deadpool out really, really quickly. There were some things I really liked about Deadpool. I liked uh, that Juggernaut was in it. Spoiler! He's not in the trailers, but he's the big bad. He's the big bad guy in the movie. Well, I mean... They, they advertise it as if, it's, as if it's Cable, but we all knew that Cable was going to end up on the side of Deadpool. That's the way the story goes, if you pay any attention. For a minute, I thought it was going to be the Blob. And they have had the Blob in, uh, like in the Wolverine movie, the Blob. Oh, was really? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen those. Just... X-Men Origins Wolverine had the Blob, so that would be that would be kind of a funny throwback to... Yeah, the third movie irritated me so much, I, I, I never went back to see those. Yeah. And I that... probably should. X-Men Origins Wolverine is not very good. Um, Logan is great, though. We saw Logan, right? No, I didn't Oh, go. that's right. You got sick and didn't go with us that night. Otherwise, we would have tried to do a podcast about Logan. Yeah. Oh. So you still have never seen Logan. I've watched the spoiler videos. Right. So the beginning <laughs> of Deadpool 2 is him crying about Logan, about Wolverine dying in his movie. Oh, and he yeah, had a little right. toy it's impaled on a, on a stump, just like Logan in the end of right, Logan. Right. Spoiler. If you haven't seen Logan, that's a spoiler for Logan. So am I supposed to, every time I'm going to give something away, I have to say spoiler? No, I can just cut and paste it and edit it in. And I'll probably do it like weird, like quietly in the background. So it spoiler. won't be quite as, I'll do something. Oh, we'll and, do something. and just and just dub in the clip. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. I'll do something like that. Um, yeah, that won't be So it starts, with, it starts with Deadpool blowing himself up. And then we find out it's because that super hot chick died. Oh yeah, she got shot. She gets shot. Because it's Wade's fault. And I feel like it's, I, I can't remember the character name, but it's Marina Baccarin. I think that's how you say her name. She's wonderful. The relationship between him and her in the first movie is really what made that first movie work for me so well. It, it was so real. Is, is well, like, it was dirty. So yeah, it was kind of real. Like the backdoor action with the dildo. Right. I mean, that's, I, that's what you go right to. That was one small part of it. Well, what young American... Male doesn't like getting it up the poop chute with the dildo. Spoiler. That is a question. So in this one, he and one I wish to elaborate on for the next half an hour. <laughs> but he can't <laughs> die, of course, because he's Deadpool, and even though he was blown to pieces, Colossus shows up, throws him in a sack, drags him back to X Mansion, and the, he heals back up. The pieces. And the pieces heal back up yeah. into into Deadpool. And there's a funny bit where a whole bunch of the regular X-Men are actually in a room and they shut the door so that Deadpool can't see them. And he's complaining about that the studio won't kick down any money for any oh, real right. X-Men. And you find out that like all these different people from the X-Movies are there just for like one second. And that was pretty sweet. What else has that actress been in? What actress? The one who plays the dead girlfriend or dead oh, wife. Or oh, what? she was... Uh, well, everyone remembers her as the main alien chick in the reboot of V. No, I, I, everyone doesn't remember I, that. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but um, she was, uh, she was in um, Firefly, and uh, yeah, and you know, in the movie, what movie? The Firefly movie, which was called Serenity. Uh. She's a little bit typecast. She plays a courtesan, I believe, is what they call it in those uh, movies. Right, and well, she's straight up whore, I believe, in the beginning of Deadpool, which is part of that's just who her character was. It was awesome. 
that was the whole point is that he was a contract killer and she was a prostitute and she seems they ended up having a very sweet relationship she's got like a a hooker's central portfolio yeah i know she's been in other stuff too she's really good i i really like her a lot so i was pretty bummed that they what did bill say they fridged her oh yeah bill baker told us that the term is fridging when you kill a character's girlfriend or wife in Mm -hmm. order to motivate them in a story in a comic in a comic yeah because famously in some comic someone's girlfriend was killed and put in the fridge yeah and that's what that's what moved the storyline that was like the pivot point of the storyline gave the superhero a bunch of angst and all that so stupidly the night she dies she has told him that she has taken out her iud and they're going to have a baby and so they're going to start a family and then she dies and so he gets in his head after trying to kill himself and coming out of this funk from her being dead he gets in his head that he's going to build some form of a family right so he's going to save this little mutant kid who's going crazy there's a bunch of scenes a bunch of people get killed there's a bunch of deadpool stuff he breaks the fourth wall he's hanging out with his psychotic cab driver dude he's getting shot it's not actually killing him uh so was a that... bunch of stuff happens he gets caught the kid and him go to this prison for mutants now was that kid made just for deadpool 2 because i don't remember i don't know it's a little new zealand fire kid fist. with fire yeah fire fist I don't that's re- his name right I, yeah but i don't remember anyone named fire fist so what it ends up being is cable has come back from the future because that kid in the future has killed cable's family because guys like cable hunt down guys like him he's back from the future and ready to party that's right mm-hmm. so cable comes back to the a point where the kids you know whatever just before the kid's gonna make his first kill which will make him, which will set him on the path to killing all kinds of people. And the kid really wants to kill somebody. Road to the dark side. So Deadpool first doesn't like him, tells him to find somebody. The whole movie, Deadpool also wants to die and can't die. And then there's this collar that if you put the collar on a mutant, their mutant ability goes away. Yeah. So they put the collar on Deadpool and he just instantly, his cancer just starts going crazy. Because his whole mutant power is cancer, basically. (laughs) Regenerating cells. No, his, yeah. So it's, uh. Yeah, so he just starts getting tumors. Right, so he's just excited that he's going to die as long as he has a collar. And so he's like, cool, I get to die. That means I get to go be with... The hooker. With the hooker in the afterlife. He Every once in a while he sees her. He has, like, visions of her in the afterlife telling him that it's not time for him to come yet. Left that out there for you, but you didn't do anything with it. So I, I don't want to just, you know, keep slapping down these fucking balls straight down the middle of the plate. You're I mean, just so present today. It's, it's no, no. I mean, you know, that's almost insulting. I know. I I mean, if you're gonna do that, at least give me something that will challenge me. So the kid, Deadpool. Anyway, then Cable shows up, and Deadpool is with the kid because the kid's following Deadpool around. Deadpool thinks Cable's there to kill him, because of course, you know. But Deadpool's actually there to kill the kid. So then he's like, Deadpool's like, "Fuck this guy! I'm gonna fight this guy." His collar comes off. So he can actually regenerate again. So now he's Deadpool again. The kid goes running. And the kid goes and finds the biggest prisoner in the mutant prison. Who is the biggest prisoner in the mutant prison? Your mom. No, uh, it's a juggernaut. The juggernaut. Yeah, juggernaut. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's good to have a juggernaut that's not speaking in like a real thick English Cockney accent. Right. That, that was like terrible. It's not, it's not Vinnie Jones. It's not Vinnie Jones. <laughs> Vinnie Jones is, is cool and other stuff. Just not as the juggernaut bitch. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. 
So the kid says, like, we're going to get out of this someday, and then we'll have a secret knock, and then and we'll was, be buddies. He was fully digital, too. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Juggernaut was fully digital, and it was okay. But they kept the helmet on, so you, you couldn't really tell that it's super they, fake. They kept the helmet on, and he even said he, he wears the helmet so that his brother can't read his mind, which was cool. Yeah. To keep Charles Xavier out, because apparently you can build helmets to keep Charles out. Well, it, Does Magneto make the helmet well, for Juggernaut? Come on, uh, are you I, enough of a nerd know. to know that? I, I don't know. Having having sold some of my comic books, you recently I'll never sold know. some of your comics. Now you'll never know. If only there was some way to find out information like this without owning the comics. Yeah, her her. Um, <laughs> was that her her? Yeah, that was my fake laugh. Um, no, you. So did uh, what did you think of the Juggernaut? I thought he was okay. I thought he was much better than what we've seen before. I gotta be honest with you. I didn't buy the CG. He didn't look real. Well, I mean, neither did Colossus. And I'm, I mean, for what it is, cool. But I wish there were a way to. I'm, I'm just wondering what. I don't know if it. <sighs> Colossus is I... metal. Hulk is green. Their CG doesn't distract me the way Juggernauts does because Juggernaut is just a large man. So what was distracting of the large man? I don't know. It just didn't. I liked it. I just have a little bit of a criticism about it. Like, I just didn't... Well, he was huge. He was huge. So it, was it, it, it wasn't in scale at all. Right. And, like, Deadpool's like, oh, you're my favorite character. And he's like, starts naming off episodes of comic books. Of course, Juggernaut is in the story, so he has no idea what this guy's talking about, so he just rips him in half. That was pretty nice. He rips him in half, so uh, Deadpool has to grow a new bottom half. and uh, Which got really kind of weird. Which ended up having, like, yeah, all kinds of baby penis jokes and stuff. It was... Well, and... It... In a reenactment of uh, Basic Instinct. Oh, that's right. He did a Basic Instinct thing. <laughs> TJ was like, what are you, just shirt cocking it? Yeah, He's going to sit there shirt cocking it? I, I can't believe they showed the dick. <laughs> Digital baby dick. <laughs> it's true. Um, at which point, So now the kid's out with Juggernaut. Or no, the kid's going to be... Yeah, the kid's out with Juggernaut. Oh, so the best part of the movie happens at this point, before Deadpool gets ripped in half. Deadpool puts together X-Force. Oh, man. So who was your favorite X-Force member Dude, it for was... the brief time they were in the movie? It, like, what they did to Shatterstar was so fucked up. Just because he's he's pretty big in the comic. And in this one, he just gets thrown in a, like a wood chipper. No, no, no. Uh, that wasn't Shatterstar. That, the guy that went into the wood chipper was the guy who vomited uh, acid. Oh, right. What, Shatterstar what? hit a helicopter oh, blade that was about right. to take off. And got shredded in a bunch of green goo. Right. He said he was an alien, yeah. and when it shredded him, it was all green, so you have to believe it. So it's Domino, Shatterstar, uh, an invisible guy called the, the Vanisher. Played by... Spoilers! Spoiler. Brad Pitt. Right. This is kind of awesome. We, I really enjoyed this. You never saw this person they called the Vanisher. They didn't even know if he was actually there or not. But when they go to put on... His um, parachute. Parachutes. You there is the a parachute. parachute. Yeah. So it's like, okay, there's a dude there. And then he all the parachutes... There was a high wind warning that Deadpool said was no big deal. It blows all of his team off course, and they almost all die upon landing. Um, including the Vanisher hits high power lines right and we see him unvanish for just a second and it is brad pitt it's brad pitt which is pretty good yeah was that even credited i didn't watch that in the oh i don't know i don't know if he was uncredited cameo or what um um, what's his name was juggernaut who brian reynolds who ryan the guy who played 
Deadpool was, was also Juggernaut. Yeah, did the voice of Juggernaut, I believe. Oh, okay. Is that right? Was that in the credits? I think so. Oh, that seems. Un- I mean, it it says Juggernaut as himself, but I read I read that it was. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um. However, one X Force member does survive because her superpower is luck. Oh yeah, uh, Domino. Domino and Domino was killer. Yeah, she was pretty good. Domino was was probably my favorite character in the show because it was something new. Um, I feel like we got a little bit of Negasonic Teenage Warhead in this, but we didn't really get her like fully in action. And like she had a girlfriend, a Japanese girlfriend. So in a way, she was getting action. Okay, see, you're right there with me. I mean, like you're definitely. This is what I'm saying. You're you're very lucid today. Okay, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so that was all right. I don't remember what the name of the character, Yukio or whatever yeah, her name Yukio. is. Yukio. Yukio. But she was cool. Whatever. Um, Did they ever say her X Men name? No, I don't think so. Mm. Um, she she had a she had like a a laser whip or something at one point. Well, no, it wasn't an electric. An electric whip. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So that was cool. But uh, no, Domino was awesome. So her superpower was luck, and it totally worked. Like she didn't even have to think about what she was doing because she knew that if someone pointed a gun at her, it would misfire or the shot would miss or something would happen. They'd hit a bump or they would, everything was just constantly, you know, she had to work for stuff, but it always went her way. And I thought that was very cool. Yeah. I don't know how that would work, but. Well, like at one point she got blown out of the train, right? And went flying and there was like a blow up advertising bear, like perfectly, perfectly lined up. So she would just hit that and just kind of bounce out and be like, all right, what's next? It was, I liked it. It was good. Yeah. And you know, Deadpool's like, Lux, not a superpower. And then by the end of the movie, he was like, I'm beginning to think Lux a superpower or something like that. It was good. Then they, they team up with. Well, baby dick will change you. Yeah. (laughs) They team up with Cable. They go save the kid. Deadpool sacrifices himself. He gets shot. He puts the collar on. He wants to let him die. There's a long death scene. Everything. Well, they they okay. Here's the part that was very much you, and I'm surprised you didn't talk about it when we left theater. I'm surprised you didn't make noise in the theater when it happened. What did they do to Juggernaut? Oh, they stuck something in his butt, like the like a hose or something. <laughs> they stuck a an electric wire. Or was it a was it? It was an electric a... cable. Up his ass. Yeah, but it wasn't like just a little cable. It was it was like And then kicked him into a swimming pool. It this thing was really large. It was like a summer sausage circumference. It was huge. Yeah. It was a big cable. And then I believe Colossus said something. He had a line after he I think he said something like, That's how we do it in Russia. In Mother Russia. In Mother Russia. And I'm just thinking, Wow, really? You you put a cable in, in a dude's ass. I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing, but it just seems a little harsh. And and ha- what did they do it for? He never says that. I mean, is it just for pleasure, for torture, for getting information? You know, what? what it- I don't know. I'm actually kind of bummed. I don't know why the Deadpool Colossus is always Colossus. Oh, you want him to turn into... supposed in, to be in, Peter. Yeah, yeah. You want him to turn into... He's just a dude, like a muscle... Like, he's just a big Russian farm boy in the comics. Right. Well, probably because they're probably at the point where they can't... They've created the steel guy, but... It would take a lot more money to create a human-looking... Because he is, isn't he basically made on the computer? Oh, yeah. Or is, or is he being motion-captured by, you know, is there an actual actor? I don't know. 
But um, well, you didn't really prepare for this one, did you? No, you know what? I didn't take a single note. I just we just went to the movies in the last day. Yeah, and then we're talking about it. So really, we're we mostly want to talk about Solo. But so the end of so here's the thing though. All of this is fun. There's lots of jokes. There's cool effects. There's characters I like. In the end, the day gets saved. Deadpool sacrifices himself for the kid. The kid sees there's another way. The evil dude the kid was trying to kill, who actually was worth being killed, he gets run over and murdered by the cab driver dude, which was pretty sweet. He finally gets to kill somebody. Yeah, he was... The cab driver is obsessive about... Yeah, he's a little... <laughs> Things get a little heavy with him. <laughs> a little heavy with that guy. And then there's a there's a bunch of end credit scenes that are funny. Deadpool steals uh, Cable's time travel machine. Negasonic Teenage Warhead somehow is a science nerd... And she fixes it so it can be used multiple times instead of just the two times it was supposed to be used. Deadpool goes back through time and writes a whole bunch of wrongs, including bringing the woman back to life who started the whole series of events. And killing off Ryan Reynolds before <laughs> Kill, he signs a contract killing, for Green Lantern. Killing the actor Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> killing himself as Deadpool in the Wolverine movie. Yeah, In the right. X-Men yeah. Origins Wolverine, which is rad. Um, and that's basically Overkilling it. him. Because he, kill, he oh, yeah, shoots, he shoots him, him a bunch of times. And then shoots him a shitload of times. <laughs> and, uh, yes. And then killing Ryan Reynolds, which is kind of funny. And that's pretty much it. Then, during the end credits, they actually play the Juggernaut battle song. Oh, shit, it's a Juggernaut? <laughs> Isn't that what it, that's yeah, all it was? It's really? just like an opera song. It's shit, it's a Juggernaut, oh shit. Oh shit, oh shit. They're just singing oh shit over and over again. It's pretty awesome. Actually, that's a pretty good one. Um, I I think I'm going to just have to watch it again when the Blu-ray comes out, because I was reading online somewhere where one of the endings got cut out. uh, It was actually Deadpool going back in time and killing Hitler baby. Hitler baby, which he talks to Cable about. Why are you going to kill this kid? Why don't you just go back and do other things? And that's when Cable explains he can't go multiple times. Yeah. So it's like, why didn't you go back in time and and kill Hitler? And also... I liked this, that the further back you go, the exponentially harder it gets. So he could only come back so far. So he had to pick this time. It was the furthest back he could go where the kids still hadn't killed anyone. Whatever. Uh... Cool. That's fine. All right. So that was Deadpool. Deadpool 2. Would you uh, Would you recommend people go see it? If you like the first one. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how I felt about it. Like, if you think you're going to like this, well, yeah, it does... go see it. I mean, you know... It's... It goes back to my main complaint, if you even want to call it that. It's basically more of the same. So there's no variation on it, which basically means if you like the first one, you'll like this one. But it was more working with team members. Yeah. That was but, kind of what I mean, being about. The, the, the team became the family, right? Right. I mean, but, you know, as far as plot twists or anything, you know, it's pretty much the same comedy thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was good. I'm glad we went and saw it. I don't feel like it was a waste of my money. I expect you to like it, but it's it, it didn't have the the same feeling as the first one for me. Solo, on the other hand, different story altogether. How I feel about that movie. I liked it. It was cool. I mean, so you're just jumping right in. So you right off the bat, you liked it. Why? Well, I'm not Did, supposed you, to say I don't like it. <clears throat> no, I think we just leave a little bit of a of intrigue. I may have liked it. <laughs> How's that? Solo. Um, you went in. Didn't you go in expecting to like it? Um, I, I kind of went in, is it ambivalent? Oh, ambivalent's a good word, yeah. I, I, I could have gone either way, just because I've heard a... But I've heard. Spoiler! I've heard a, um, you know, as far as the criticisms of the movie that I had read online, uh, they were pretty evenly split. 
between, you know, they, uh, you can tell that it's been broken, you know, broken into two sections and oh, yeah. two directors. So they filmed a lot of this movie and then fired the people who were making the movie. It was the directors, the co-directing team of the Lego movie. Well, they, what they said was that it was after almost two thirds of the movie was finished. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then they brought in Richie Cunningham. Yeah. He did the last third but they reshot part of the okay i'm looking at something online right now that says that they reshot 70 percent of the movie oh really so so he even went in and redid a lot of the stuff that so here's the problem the movie was supposed to be hold on okay it was supposed to be a 150 million dollar movie and i'm gonna say that the movie that we saw didn't actually look like a 150 million dollar movie no, it was it was more of a uh, smaller scope. Right. I mean, I, if, any if you them, told me actually. that movie cost $150 million, I would say, what did they spend it on? Now. Yeah, because there weren't any huge, no. huge battle scenes or anything. And you know what? The movie didn't suffer for it at all. No, it was good. Uh, well, see, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold my judgment. It could be good. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but let me say this though at 150 million dollars it was supposed to be the cheapest of the new star wars films which makes sense cuz it looks like you know it's not that but they had to spend another 100 million dollars doing the reshoots mm. so it's now a 250 million dollar movie that's why everyone says that it failed this weekend so the movie made 165 million dollars worldwide in 4 days and they're calling it a failure well they are stupid Here's the problem. It had to hit somewhere between worldwide. It needed to hit between in total sales. It needs to hit between 500 million and 650 million in order to actually recoup all monies, like everything promotion and, you know, all the costs of rolling it out everywhere. And they're saying where it's at right now, it will never do it. So it's going to be one of those things where technically it made a little bit of money probably, but it'll probably just make a bunch of money overseas they're they're really disappointed because it already opened in china and it made 10 million dollars so the chinese apparently were just like now nah, we're not that interested in it they expected a big opening in china and didn't get it i blame it on trump now <laughs> we can do that so there is a legitimate complaint about this movie is that it doesn't look very good i thought this when we were sitting in the movie yesterday and i heard a review today that said the same thing for a minute, I wondered if there was something wrong with the projector. I See, I didn't think that. It was so dark. When that creature comes up out of the water and he's sitting there and he pretends he has a thermal detonator and she says that's just a rock, that was so dark and hard to see. Huh. And it didn't have to be. And it's a I didn't lot notice. Of it, like, I didn't mind too much. And all the battle stuff, like, you know, all that Empire battle stuff, it's super dark and you can't see anything. So they don't have to do, like, big background shots, right? Yeah. And it was cool. I kind of liked not being able to see stuff and just having it be this horrible war scene on a mud planet that he's in. But it didn't, yeah, it was dark in a lot of places. So that's a criticism, and I think it's a legitimate one. And when you add the fact that they spent $250 million on this movie, and it looks like, with the possible exception of the Kessel Run stuff that happens in the movie, you didn't need a big budget for this film. You could almost make this as a fan film, and it would be equally as effective as a story. Well, I mean, half of it seemed to take place on an empty desert, so... Yep. Why would you... To even... Right. This is almost fan film quality. And yeah, I, I don't know about that. Well, here... I'm not done with it all. <laughs> mm. 
What do you think about the criticism that was out there from the beginning about the guy that played Han Solo? I thought he was fine. All uh, what is his name? Adolf Eichmann. <laughs> I can't remember. I take it I'm wrong. Alden Ehrenreich. So that was close. Ehrenreich. Whatever. Um, do you know about... I mean, you've probably heard me talk about it, but you know about the story about him supposedly needing acting lessons during the shoot because they said he couldn't act? It was never, like, really verified. And I don't think it's verifiable. Oh. I've heard, I heard the rumor... But so here's this thing, and I'll put something on the webpage um, for this episode that shows the scene I'm talking about. But that kid played a cowboy actor in the Coen Brothers film, Hail Caesar, mm-hmm. that came out a year ago, something a little more than a year ago, whatever it was. And the thing about his character in that movie, which he filmed before Solo, is that he is a good actor. Like people like him in Westerns. He can get on a horse. He can spin a rope. He can do all stuff like this, but he doesn't have to do any like real talking acting. Right. Mm. So in the movie, he shows up in Hollywood and he's going to be in this thing where he's got to walk into a party in a tuxedo and he's got to sit down on a couch and a woman's going to talk to him and he's going to say this, this line back to him. And the line is, would that it were so. And he just can't do it. He's just a, he's got this horrible oaky accent and he just, he's wooden and he sits down on the couch wrong and. The director keeps having to get him and take him to the side and trying to teach him how to do the line. Mm-hmm. And he can't do it. He starts imitating the director and the director has a British accent. Like just all this stuff, right? Was, is, wasn't that part of the story? Yeah, that's part of the story of Hail Caesar. Mm-hmm. So here is a character that is trying to be in a movie but can't actually act. And here is an actor, the same actor that plays this character in the Coen Brothers movie, who's in Solo. And they're putting out this word that, oh, he can't act. Well, that's weird. Why did they even choose him to be in the movie? But then the trick about the end of Hail Caesar is that during the credits or right before the credits or right after, I can't really remember, but you see the movie that they have made and you see what his final take looked like mm-hmm. and he's perfect. Hmm. He comes in just right, says the line perfectly to the woman. He's just killing it. So I'm like, how does this guy that can't act do the I can't act version of the character right. and mm. the acting version. It's bullshit. I think they were trying to lower expectations for Solo so that everyone would think it was going to be bad. And then the word of mouth would be so good when it came out that people would be like, oh, surprise, it's way better than we thought. Well, and, you know, people that like to write reviews and stuff on the Internet, they, they'll probably even go to more likely to go to that movie if it's if they think it's going to be bad so they can, you know, rip them a new one on you do well they're yeah well they're all gonna exactly they're all gonna go anyway those tickets are sold and a lot of them probably got in for free as reviewers yeah as press but the question is just getting masses out to see this movie now here's where i'm gonna tip my hand to well not yet how did you feel about lando i you know he's he was it was almost like um he was a little hammy sometimes and what i mean by that is uh it was like he was uh because there are scenes that all the dialogue flowed pretty naturally from him, and then there are some scenes where he'd drop a line where it was like, oh, okay, he's he's trying to sound like Billy D. Williams. Well, like he was he, definitely doing like a Billy D. Williams impersonation, yeah, right? Yeah, well, not for the whole thing, though, just for particular scenes. Like that whole, when, they, when they're getting ready to play cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like... Uh, Everything I, you've heard about me is true. Every, yeah. Can I just you in the Colt 45? You kept... Don't you wish that he had said Colt 45 somehow in the movie? I don't know how they would. It's like, 
I just got myself a new ship, Colt 45. <laughs> or, or they named the droid uh, Colt 45. Yeah, there should have been some way that he could have C-45. said. C 45. So, um, now I need to know what you think about this theory. Because she works every time. He had a droid. Mm-hmm. K2SO or something? Oh, yeah. No, he, not K2SO. I don't remember the yeah, name. That's they, the one from... The that, that was one of the weird things that, that I never saw any indication of in his scenes in the Empire Strikes Back. What? He's a droid fucker. Well, now that people are thinking that because of um this droid that he had, people are thinking Lobot was his special friend on Bespin. Oh, yeah. And you know, like, how he had mechanical ears yeah. it, it's because he fucking... Yanked on him too hard when he was getting the blowjob. Wait. Because it wasn't, his original name wasn't Lobot, it was Gobot. Spoiler. Or Blowbot. Okay, I knew you'd get there eventually. So, okay. Ironically Lobot similar. was originally called Blowbot until Lando accidentally ripped his ears off. That's yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, because. No, I got you. Yeah. Was there a Lobot-like robot in the background in one of these shots? I thought I saw a guy, a bald guy with a thing around his head. Did mm, you catch that? I didn't see. Okay, maybe not. I'll see it again. But he's, so, he's still a robot fucker. Well, so there was definitely the implication that he had special love for his robot. Well, yeah, and you find out that's the reason why he, he likes that Millennium Falcon so much is because is because the droid, the one he's fucking, gets... Uh, Gets its consciousness sucked into the Millennium Falcon. To be clear, it is never implicitly stated that Lando and the droid have sex. No, dude, that one line where where it's like she's where it's something's malfunctioning in her, and he's gonna have to do that special thing. She says you're gonna have to do that thing again later, and he just kind of rolls his eyes and looks like yeah, yeah, yes. But that could be that could be just her saying he's got to like get out the tool. Well, is that what he calls it? Yeah, I guess that's what. (laughs) Yes. That's better than, like, the Lando Thrillrissian or something. <laughs> so, yes, you're right. The The droid gets shot to shit. They go to Kessel. They go to Kessel because... Okay, we're not... We're not okay, we haven't even really gotten into the, the plot yet, but... So the droid gets shot to shit at some point, and Lando risks himself well, to go and the droid's bring always, her back. It didn't seem like the droid was always kind of, like, touching herself in the crotch area. Yeah, and you... Like, kind of bow-legged. Like yeah. you definitely had a there like was Lando a, just pounded out that metal, like he it was like he was making a wa- a homemade walk, just hammering that shit. A homemade walk, yeah. Like he was pounding out metal to cook noodles. Well, for his noodle, guys, want to make sure that you said walk W O K. Yeah, he was pounding out a walk out of a droid. Yeah, I mean, it's seriously just his dick was just fucking hammering, hammering, you know, because. You saw the droid. It couldn't walk in a straight line. Okay. This is Matt's interpretation. I don't know. You're going to have to go find out if you think that Lando had a thing for this there droid. There is no way Lando wasn't fucking that droid. Okay. Matt might be right about this. I The filmmakers at least played around with this idea. There's no way Now, where to... did they get pansexual? Does it mean because he fucked metal like a metal pan? Well, pan... No. <laughs> That's not what pansexual means. It means, like, with anything. Like... Pan would be like global, like Pangea when all of the continents were together. So Pan Asian, Pan Asian is all different kinds of food fusion, like you know, Pan Asian. So pansexual would be, what do you got? I'm down for it. So he could have like 
fucked Ewoks too. Like it's that inclusive. R- right. Aliens, whatever. What he's into. Yeah. What does it have? Can it be done? Let's do it. Which means you go from the robot to Lobot. Like he could robot to Lobot. Literally like, like take one of those worms from Dune in his butt. You have interesting way of, that's a, that's big for one. That's a. Well, from what I was hearing, he's got some experience. So it stretches with time. I hear. So, Isn't that what's called a time stretch? No, mm. no, that's not what they mean with stretch of time or that usually a stretch of time will be like time you do in prison. So maybe we're well, getting exactly, back around we're to We're totally your... exactly what I'm talking about okay. in prison. Enjoy your stretch, people say. That's, they're not meaning what you think. Oh, the butt? Again. Yep. Okay. Chewbacca, Chewbacca. This shows the meaning of Han and Chewbacca, this movie. Yeah. And it was pretty good. When when Han met Chewbacca. When Han met Chewie. He says you're going to need a nickname, but then he never, never actually calls him Chewie. So it could be anything. Could be, yeah. Hey, Chuck. Chuck. So that's fine. That, I mean, everyone knows that's going to happen, but they meet. Um, and the, uh, through a series of things, they just become tighter. And it's a it's a thing that happens in the movie. So there's one more main character, and that's uh, the one. Well, though, there's Woody Harrelson's character plays like an older uh, kind of criminal kind of guy. Han. What's that? It's like an older Han. An older version of Han. Um, basically, I think he's what Han Solo would have been like if he never met Luke Skywalker. Woody Harrelson's character is a, a guy who stayed basically being a criminal and a smuggler. Yeah. Um, you know what I kind of wished, though? That he would have acted it exactly like how he did in Cheers. <laughs> how you doing, Mr. Solo? You know, something like that. He was good in the movie. Yeah. I always like Woody Harrelson. Yeah. He was good in the movie. Um. So the uh, one other character was the mother of dragons. I read a, I read a story that he demanded like organic prunes on set. Just a weird thing. I, you read a lot of weird shit on the internet. You're saying that Woody mm. demanded organic prunes on the set. Yeah, like he he was. Is that a hard thing to get these days? I don't know. He was bummed because they only had regular prunes. Uh, so he went to craft services, and uh, at the table that you go to. To get the food that you're going to eat. Yeah, he wanted... He they w- didn't have the right kind of prunes. I think that, yeah. You know what I think? If you're rich, send someone to get your prunes. Pay for it. Well, I think it might have been part of his contract that he get... Woody like needs a rider. prunes? Yeah, Woody needs prunes. <laughs> Why do you think that is? What, why does he need the prunes? Probably because he's vegan and he eats all that plant matter. You know, that shit will fuck you up if you eat too much. Like, it, it's almost like he gets too much fiber. And it's like, um, instead of it flowing freely, his shit turns to like really large pine cones and they just won't move. Okay. So he needs something to help smuggle that shit out of there. Um, just to give him an extra push. Okay. And anyway. Is, is that what prunes do? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I, I guess old people eat prunes. Old, old people eat prunes. So it's to make you shit. It could be. Uh. So listen, man. The, the woman who plays... I can't think of her actor's name. I can't think of the character's name. Was it Kira? No. It, yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, Kira? Kira? Maybe that was right. Maybe we're, we could be totally wrong. It was a woman from Game of Thrones who plays the Mother of Dragons. She was great. I've seen some criticism of her character. No. Nope. She was great. I thought she was excellent. I thought she was a great motivation. And when we get a little bit more into the story, I'll talk a little bit about that. In fact, we're going to get into the story now. Is there anything you want to say before we get into what this story is, Matt? Not really. I mean, like what? 
no, I, I maybe you had a pressing, you know, issue for your tissue. <laughs> um, I just want to know, like, where they're fucking getting these film students that make these little movies at the beginning. <laughs> okay, you don't want to. You don't want to oh talk about. Fuck me. You don't want to talk about Solo. You want to talk about the horrible movie that the two they're female so college filmmakers bad. made. I mean, like, so if I say that I hate <clears throat> that fucking shit and I think it's just a piece of crap, does that make me sexist because they're both females? No, because the ones that have been made by men have been terrible also all right well the is a oh there's more oh they've done this for a while now so if you've been to the movies oh my god in the last few, we're talking about solo but no but we're also talking about the little short film that was made for the theater for like amc theaters and prior and to the film the and, and the dumbest part is like right in the middle of this thing where they're trying to i don't know show the joys of communicating with people <laughs> over the phone the one, the one uh, heavy set lady goes, and I would enjoy that with a Coke. And it's like, is that the best you can do for product placement? So fuck so, me. Um, the, basically, what it is, they take a couple of college filmmakers and they tell people, okay, submit a a script or make a film. Because I, I don't think they actually all made these films. I think they actually probably made script versions of them. Or... I think those two girls at the beginning that they said, oh. Young ladies at the beginning, I think those are just actors. I, no, I think no. this corporation there, made these shitty ass things. It could very well be, but you know, the, the lie is the premise is that these two people made this little commercial short and they're like, enjoy our movie. They say their name, you know, it gives them exposure, and then the theater shows the movie before. And so all it was was this it was a guy in a library and he kind of quietly, like, hey, over to his friend want to go to the movies and then other people start answering other people from other parts of the library yeah because that's not fucking weird this girl goes i want to go to the movie and then another one says i could use some popcorn and then another one puts up and says coke sounds good to me like you said yeah and, and it's all so, things they can get at the movie but it's so far away from any kind of thing that would happen in real no, life no of course not but that's the thing right it's a short it, maybe it's just a little comedic thing so then what ends up happening is you end up seeing all of these people walking into a movie theater, all happy to be there together, even though all these people interrupted this guy's date. He was definitely asking that dude out on a date, was my take on it. Oh, you thought they were fuck friends? No, I, maybe they were going to be. The point is, a guy asked another guy in the library, will you go to the movie with me? And all these other people chime in and say they'll go too. So maybe it was like a religious school where you're supposed to do whatever you can to keep your fellow students from ever being alone with another one where the devil can make your idle hands want to do dirty oh, things in the dark. It was, so it was like Brigham Young. He <laughs> could very well have been. They're worried that he was going to. Yeah. So what ends up happening is they all walk into the theater and then they all sit down together and smile and like take drinks of their Coke. And then the movie they're going to watch starts. There's no end. There's no, nothing happens. They ask if they can go and then they say, yeah, we'll go. And then they're at a movie and that's the short. And they're not pissed off at all that all these people that just kind of invited themselves into their, not at all. their t date. And so I, when we first saw it, cause we saw it twice in a row, we saw it at Deadpool. And the thing I said to you was that this has no 
third act. Like it has no, it has nothing. It doesn't well, it, conclude. It just, it, no resolution. No resolution. I feel I kind of felt like the first guy should have grabbed the second guy and let the other ones walk ahead, like into the theater, and said, "Like, all right, let's ditch these guys," you know, and or they, at and least grabbed his sack or something. They could have gone back to the library and no one was there, and they could be like, "Ah, oh, finally we're alone." And literally just got, you know, went back to doing their homework even. It could just it give me any reason for the story. But no, that's not what it was for. It was for them to say the words Coke and popcorn and it, show a movie theater. So, is, so that, that was probably the rules in the contest for this? Probably, yeah. And it, it yeah, with stuff like, stuff like that is so frustrating because they don't want you to have any real... You can't have a real resolution to it. You can't have a punchline to a joke. Yeah, you can. Well, no, you can in life, but you can't in a like a corporate thing like that. Well, I mean, they, I don't know, they they could have at least got lost in the desert or something. And, oh, hey, there's well, coke and popcorn. We're saved. Good thing we got this coke and popcorn before we got to the theater because we got lost in the desert on the way to the theater. <laughs> Who knows? Right. You're, here's the thing. That's more interesting than what we saw. Yeah, I mean, what we saw was just a commercial. Yep, it was lame, and it made you mad. Well, what made me most mad is that I'm supposed to like believe that a film student made this, and this films these film students have that little going on upstairs. I mean, you'd at least think that they'd incorporate. Oh, I can't repay my school loan or something. Yeah, I think it was probably more like they won a contest where you write down an idea for a thing, and then what ends up happening? Maybe their script actually was interesting, and then when the AMC took it or whoever. And went to make their version of the short. They just made the corporate version of it. The fucking shitty ass version. Well, of sure, it. of course. It's not there to entertain us. It's there to advertise popcorn and, and soda to us. Yeah, but I, I just think it's a little naive on their part to think that everyone's so fucking stupid they don't know what it is. Yeah. Because it's presented as, oh, this is... Oh, this, this is, is a short film. This is a short film. This is a cream of the crop of this contest where we have... Oh, that's right. All they were the winners. People. They were the winners. <laughs> See, that's, that's the worst part is these were the winners. It's true. It doesn't get better. How do I know? Because <laughs> these are the winners. It doesn't get better. I, I mean, can you think of the ideas that got into the toilet? You know, that didn't get the job. I mean, what would be worse than that one? Yeah, and I oh, can't think of anything. Oh, but you see, you're probably thinking of it wrong. There were probably brilliant ideas, and they just weren't corporate enough. Uh, they couldn't be exploited the way that this one could. Right. This was the one that was completely milk toast. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the movie. What happens in the movie? What's the first thing you remember in the movie? Oh, Han driving all shitty in a land speeder. He steals a land speeder. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Han, he goes and steals. Uh, he's coming back from some job. He's supposed to steal some stuff. It's hyperfuel. This tiny little bit That's, of hyperfuel. That, that was probably the worst thing in the movie. You think the worst thing in the movie was that they were trying to get hyperfuel? No. Because I think there's some no, other things that no, they're going to No, that, they were calling it hyperfuel. Hyperfuel. Okay. So this when, is the, a little tiny bit of this fuel will power a ship for a long time. Yeah, because it's hyper. So he's working for some kind of syndicate that steals this stuff. He gets back to his little den of thieves where he lives, and there's a woman there. And about his age, and he shows her that he stole this stuff, and he says, this is enough for us to do what we've always wanted to do. We're going to get off planet together, and we can book passage on a ship and leave, finally. They're on Corellia, right? They're, he's a Corellian. He's always been a Corellian. And so they're on the planet where they make spaceships, and it's just this dirty, horrible hive of scum and villainy. Yes. And so people show up. They know that whatever. I can't even really tell you what the storyline here was. He gives her the hyper stuff the hyperfuel, and then they all get dragged in front of this big woman, this 
thing that comes up out of the water, and they're going to kill him if he didn't steal Lady what of the he lake. was. Lady of the Lake. Lady of whatever it was, some kind of big snaky thing. And Well, wasn't it more like a mollusk of some kind? I don't know what it was, man. You couldn't see anything because it was too dark. I thought that was on purpose. Yeah, it was on purpose. It also didn't it made it hard to watch the movie. <laughs> so mm. I'm trying to look at her. Anyway, he they're going to kill him or whatever because he's screwed up. This is a theme throughout this movie is that if you do you do a deal for a crime lord and if you don't come through, you're going to get killed. And this is actually like all through the movie with different crime lords. Well, isn't that how it is in real life? I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you don't do what I want you to do, you die. <laughs> and then, but seriously, like and it seems like all these if you look at the history of Han Solo, we know that Han Solo screwed up with Jabba the Hutt and mm. had a price on his head. In this movie, I don't know if anybody ever successfully finishes the job they're sent to do. It seems like these guys they hire to do these jobs just don't get them done. Well, yeah, because you because you know that Jabba job goes fucking tits up. Well, that gets set up a little bit kind yeah. of at the end of the movie, but that's it's a whole nother thing. Oh. Tatooine gets name dropped at the end. So you think that's where this movie, he's going to Tatooine to try to do the Jabba thing? Well, we know that uh, Han eventually gets involved with Jabba the Hutt and then things go bad. So if they continue on with these movies, they'll probably do that. Hmm. I still think they should have gotten William the Refrigerator Perry to be Jabba the Hutt and not had a CG. Okay. Anyway. Super uh, Bowl Shuffle. So anyway, Han and the girl go running. Kira, whatever her name is, they go running. They they are escaping from their these captors. He throws this rock and breaks a window, and light comes in and burns the big worm thing. And then they create a distraction and they run away. And they're like vampire worms. Yeah, they're weird. They burn in the sunlight. So basically, they get in his stolen speeder with his golden dice. The golden dice thing was dumb. I didn't care about it. So, but it was just a thing. You kept seeing this golden these well, golden it dice. Was, from, it was for continuity. For continuity. Yeah. yeah so it was pointed out that they don't have the same markings on them. It, in the last Jedi as I did in the other movies. So who knows? He maybe is just a guy that's in the golden dice man with the golden dice. So, Hey, remember we're going to have to talk about the escape pod a little bit later. Cause there's a thing there. So basically they, he he's, he's okay. He's flying this like speeder. They're trying to get to the spaceport. They're being chased and he's going to do this big move. And he ends up not succeeding and getting the speeder stuck between two walls. So he's not quite the pilot he's supposed to be yet. They get out and run. They make it to the spaceport. Long story short, he gets through. Yeah, they get separated by security He gets through. Security gets called. The woman gets pulled back. So now he's in the part of the spaceport where they've done... Basically, he's gotten through the TSA. So he just gets to go up and say where he wants to go, right? And he's realizing, I'm not really going to make it through this part. Because I don't have a legitimate ticket or anything. They're like looking for me. And he sees that there's a place in the spaceport where you can sign up to join the Empire. Right. So he goes and he goes to sign up to be in the Empire. He says he wants to be a pilot. The guy says, well, you have to be in the Imperial Navy. And he's like, I want to do it. I said, okay, what's your name? And he's like, Han. Yeah, but Han what? Well, no, they, like, go, they go, what's your family name? Yeah. And then he goes, oh, I don't have one. I don't family. have one. It's just me. Huh. Traveling solo, are you? Some bullshit like that. It was pretty... He doesn't say that. He just goes, okay, solo. Solo, right. So he did, basically, it's the it's the classic checkpoint. Now, on one hand, I think this is very stupid. On the other hand, it is not without... Like, like 
all of the people that scrounge around in the mud and wreckage in the Star Wars universe seem to have one name. If you're not important, you have one name. If you're more important, you have two names. You have a family name. So Han Solo was just Han. But then he gets a second name to become more important. Now he's an officer, so he's got whatever. I mean, do you think they should have just had him drinking out of a cup and and had Solo on the bottom? You think it was a like it, he was playing beer pong? Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. I don't think so. So anyway, he gets the name. Spoiler alert, by the way. We should have said that. You always say spoiler alert after you yeah, get the spoilers. Yeah, that's the thing. We, you needed to listen at the beginning of the podcast. It was a spoiler alert. And then it immediately jumps ahead three years, and he has he has flunked out of the Imperial Navy, and now he's a grunt on some mud world. Yeah, he's cavalry. He's cavalry. Cavalry or something. And just dudes around him are just getting destroyed we got no idea what this battle is we have no idea what it's about. no ships no tanks no nothing they're some, just running some cool stuff with some of the smaller walkers where yeah. they kind of come dropping down and land in the mud near him it was that was pretty cool but i mean his team didn't have any kind of no. mechanical backup nope. they're just all running garbage packs on if you ever play okay so here's here's how i would describe it for nerds if you ever play warhammer 40k but you didn't get to play the marines you had to play the imperial guard Basically, it's like the Imperial Guard. No, I, they don't have any armor. I don't know what the fuck you. That's said. fine. Nerds, okay. nerds know what I meant. The Imperial, nerds! the Imperial Army, the Imperial Army. Maybe not the Imperial Guard, but regardless, basically, he gets separated from his group, and there's this other group. Woody Harrelson's there, a couple other people, and they're going a different direction, and he just kind of gets pulled along with them and survives the battle. But he realizes that those aren't really Imperial Army people. They're just there to steal a ship. So he tells them, "This you're following this. This is right, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jump in if you feel like you need to correct me. So he says he wants to go with them. I wouldn't dare, sir. I would not dare. And instead, since they think he's an annoyance, because he is still just kind of a kid. Um. By the way, I've already decided at this point in the movie that this kid's doing a fine job. That whatever story I fucking heard about him not being able to act is bullshit. Because he's pulling everything off. Yeah, and like, as long as you don't go into the film with Harrison Ford in your head and, you know, just watch the movie and not, like, think about previous movies, you'll well, be fine. Whatever. I didn't think he was that bad as a young guy that eventually becomes Harrison Ford. Yeah, but, I mean, like, don't superimpose Harrison Ford's face over the guy oh, while that's you watch true. the movie. That's true. And, like, nobody's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Right? But that's... And I think that's what the people... That's what people do that are complaining it's like well he's not harrison ford that's their main complaint well and he wants to be bad like he wants to be and this is a this is a thing through the whole movie he he wants to be way way worse than he actually is but his intentions and his heart are pretty good yeah he because he has to talk his way into these groups that are, are pretty corrupt yes so he he wants to be kind of communicating with them evenly like and he acts super cocky and it doesn't work he does all kinds of stuff yeah he's well, kind of goofy yeah he's a little bit goofy so basically what happens is woody harrelson's group gives him up to the imperials they say we're gonna go feed him to the beast this will be fun we haven't fed the beast for three days this and so these two stormtrooper idiots throw harrison ford down in a pit you think it's gonna be some rancor thing like jabba's palace and but who is it the juggernaut no um <laughs> It was Chewbacca. Juggernaut. <laughs> See, I told you that would happen. <laughs> so Chewbacca comes out 
and is like food. So he's going to Chewbacca apparently will eat human beings. So Chewbacca is just going to eat hairs. Uh, yeah, there were bones in there. Solo. There were bones. Chewbacca mm. will definitely eat people. And I kind of liked this. It was kind of fun. It was a little bit like Thor in, uh, in, in the new Avengers movie. You didn't see it, but there was a part where Thor speaks to Groot and like, you speak Groot or whatever? And he's like, oh, it was an elective on that. Oh, oh, yeah, because when Han, that's how Han Hans, gets out of it. Han starts making Wookiee noises. And Chewbacca's like, what? And he's like, I speak a little. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just think this is this dumb monster Wookiee down in the pit. Meanwhile, Han can kind of talk to him. And so Han says, listen, we have to pretend like we're trying to kill each other. And then you can knock down this main support beam. And these stormtroopers will fall in. And then we can get out of here. So they work together, and it works, of course, exactly like he says. And they, two stormtroopers, fall into the pit and die, and they don't take their guns or their clothes or anything. They just run out of the pit and go looking for Woody Harrelson's ship that he had stolen. Well, that's because in episode four, it was Luke's idea to put on the armor and all that. Oh, that could very well be. I'm cool with that. I just think they would have taken the guns, but who knows? Well, I mean, you know... I will tell you, there was a prediction I got. He thought he was going to get eaten. His mind wasn't really on that. There was a prediction I had for this film that did not happen. So at the end, we'll talk about that. But um, they go did and it they... involve Wookiee human romance? No. Okay. Keep going. No. So uh, I think Lando was probably a little into like, that idea. Oh, chewy. Chewy, chewy, chewy. Well, he liked getting choked by Chewy. So um, basically what happens is they... Be- as Woody Harrelson's crew is about to fly away, they see these two idiots running up and he's like, God, that guy is persistent. And then Woody Harrelson's like, all right, that's persistent enough. I like it. Let's let him in the crew. So they let him in the crew and then they're going to pull a job and they're telling Han all about how it's going to go. And at one point, Woody Harrelson tosses Han that blaster. Yeah. He takes apart this big ass rifle and then ends up with this little gun. He like builds like the, the yeah. classic gun that, that Nerf. Han wears in the in made the by holster. Nerf company, <laughs> made by Nerf. <laughs> it's yeah, totally look. It totally like came apart like a Nerf gun. So they go to this job. They're gonna steal a whole bunch of this uh, hyperfuel. Well, you, then... you forgot. You introduced the wife, Dandy Dandy Newton. Dandy Newton. Yeah. Is that Dandy Newton? Yeah. Dandy Newton and or Newsom. No, I think That's it's Tony Newsom. Dandy Newton. Anyway. There's a bunch Sandy of something. I am I am glazing over a bunch of it because we don't have a ton of time. But yes, there's a whole crew, and they're basically going to try to like take part of this imperial train that goes through these mountains on a weird track in the snow, and they, it carries mm. this fuel rather than just loading on a star destroyer or whatever. They've got to move it to some place. Well, so you know, I think that uh, this was while they were still building star destroyers. So. I think that but was there was a Star Destroyer in the movie. Right, but that would be for for war. It wouldn't be for transporting goods and services. You know what? I actually am not too bummed out on the train thing. I don't know what the deal is. Oh, my I'm... God, Mrs. Cod, it's a space train. It's a space train. It's a space train. Give him a break. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, should we should we try some improv about the Empire figuring out why they need to put the stuff on the train? Put it on the train. What you want to transport this incredibly explosive and super valuable space fuel? Hey, we got we got new shocks. The thing's got new shocks, man. It'll be like a baby's butt. The 
well, I don't know why we need to use the train at all. Can't we just put these up in a spaceship? We only got a couple. From here, we just go straight up. We only got a couple of them ships, man. They got to go to war. And there aren't other ships? They're for war. We can build? They're for war. Okay, so where, <laughs> where are we I taking? I said they was for war. But just so I'm clear, we can't take the fuel anywhere from here, so we're going to take it to another place. Will we be able to take the fuel someplace from there? Well, no, originally, weren't they just stealing it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why was the Empire moving it from one place to another on a train? Because they had to get it from wherever it was manufactured to wherever it was needed, I assume. Right. They refine the stuff. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we learned that later. Because the stuff on the train was already refined. It was already refined. Yeah. So, arguably, they were moving it from a refining facility to where? To a spaceport? I guess. Why would they be so far apart? Because they are. <laughs> right. So this is what we were just trying to act out. But okay. Regardless, we don't like you said. We're no no good at the improv. Oh, oh we are still doing improv. Are we? Oh, you want to be back in the scene? I didn't even know we were still doing improv. I, well, you were doing a voice, and I was doing oh. a vo- uh, well, not really a voice, but I was questioning your voice. There for war. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> They're for war. They're not for gassing up the car. They're for war. <laughs> okay, so the the train thing, I'm not even going to describe it, but while they're doing the train heist, uh, another group comes in. It's that's another Voltron and a bullet train. Basically. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. The train thing was pretty cool. As dumb as it is. Han saves what, Chewie. No, what makes it dumb? Everybody's it was tra- good. It was a train. It was good. What it was a train heist. Exactly. It It was a train heist. There you go. Okay, so it was cool. It was a space train heist. I liked it. But and they didn't even use coal, so it was environmentally friendly. <laughs> so the way this works is they have to hook up the ship that they stole with cables. Then they need to uh, destroy the track so that the train comes apart. As the train is falling into the cavern where they destroyed the track, they then have to unhook the coupler so the one cart that they're hooked to can be pulled away by the spaceship. This is the plan. That's why the bridge had to be blown up because the train was connected to the track so that it wouldn't come off. It was like a monorail. So they couldn't just monorail. Lift, they couldn't just lift the <laughs> monorail. Monorail. <laughs> monorail. So, so um, yeah, except it was a space monorail. So space monorail. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But and this is a this uh, this was the first place maybe in the movie where after I was like, okay, the pacing on this is weird. Okay, I can't see shit. Uh, no, I'm going to give this movie a chance. It's okay. This dude, I'm laughing. There's a couple of things I laughed at. This kid's not pissing me off. This was the first place in the movie where I went, because mm, we call this Dave Sticking Point. Sticking Point. The woman on the bridge is pinned down by droids. They're going to shoot her. Also, she no longer has a weapon. So they're keeping her pinned down instead of just moving a few feet and shooting her to death, which is strange, but whatever. Maybe they um, didn't know that she lost You're her right. Weapon. It's not like they'd have sensors or anything. So there, this oh, is just okay. space. I saw what you I just know. did. We do what we do. You just slipped in that little dagger between my ribs, didn't you? A little stealth ninja. That's what you are. Mm. A little film stealth ninja. Yes. So she's got the she's got the ninja. she's got the stuff in place, but she's pinned down by these things. There's also other guys with guns, but whatever. So now the pilot that was flying the ship, this little dude, this little rad dude with six arms or what four two four arms and two legs, who was like hopping seat to seat and doing all that stuff, he gets shot and messed up really bad by this marauder that gets on the that gets on the ship. 
Han goes flying up there. Uh, he climbs up the one of the cables and gets in there. And as the guy's dying, who's flying the ship. So Han takes the ship over. So now Han is proving himself as a pilot. And as it's all starting to go bad, the Marauders have hooked up to the to the one train car that they're trying to take. They're hooked up to the one train car. And she's not going to be able to blow the bridge because she's still on the bridge because these robots have her pinned down. So she fucking sacrifices herself to blow the bridge. This is where I had a problem. She's a smuggler space pirate chick. This isn't a war. She's not saving lives by doing this. She's just helping the stuff get stolen. So she sacrifices herself so that Woody Harrelson's character can finish the thievery job. Well, because if they don't succeed, they'll all get killed. Okay. That would be the reason, I think. But I mean, that's like a, I don't know, man. That's like a bank robber blowing himself up so another bank robber can get away. Yeah, but weren't they husband and wife or something? No, they were together. Or together? I'm I'm with it. I, it didn't ruin the movie for me, but I kind of went, that's a weird choice. Like, well, killing yourself, I don't know. Well, people do stupid shit all the time, even in a galaxy far, far away. Well, that's true. You know, I don't know. It's weird. I think she would have maybe, there, there should have been a way, they should have even planned this out, right? She should have had like a parachute so she could jump. And like parachute away while she hit the thing and blew it up. There's it's just whatever. Maybe in Star Wars land they don't, they don't have, have parachutes. parachutes. So she dies. The train comes off the tracks. Chewie gets the thing, the bolt pulled off. It gets pulled up in the air. Now the Marauders are pulling it one way. Han's pulling it another way. And and they're gonna hit a big and Woody cliff. Harrelson and Woody Harrelson says no. Why couldn't they get Hayden Christensen to say no in the same way? Or James Earl Jones. <laughs> oh, when the, she's dead? Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Because, like, you know, that, that seemed like an easy delivery. Yeah, the word no. But not, it's not that no! <laughs> you know? I mean... It's, it's got all kinds of stuff in there, yeah. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. So this Crimson... Whatever. These Marauders with a name I can't pronounce. They, um... The Sky Raiders or whatever. They, Sky um... Sky Raiders? Well, that's what they that? were based on. They were from the, they were from the comics. Basically, they succeed in, but they they make it seem like they're willing to pull this thing into a wall, like this huge sheer cliff wall. Like they don't, they just don't want Woody Harrelson's group to have it. So at the last minute, when Han can still get out, he he cuts away the cables and they fly away. And this other group lets the thing swing and hit the wall of the mountain and explode. And they lose all the stuff, all the stuff that they fought for. Two people died for, um, three if you count one of the raiders, and you know died also. So they have failed. And then we find out that they were doing the job for this thing called the Crimson Dawn. And uh, now that they have failed and not succeeded... And something Voss. Yeah, something Voss. I don't know. Voss Deference. Diggity Voss. Voss Deference? Yeah, so Voss Deference, exactly. <laughs> I'm with you on it. Voss Deference. Vossy D. They, they, Vossy D. Voss, they have to go... And so, basically, Woody Harrelson's character is like, no, we have to just go tell him what happened. Maybe we can talk our way out of it. I can't remember what his character's name was. Who? Woody. Beckett. Just, oh, Beckett. It was Beckett. His okay. last name was Beckett. He had a last name. Beckett. Okay. I don't remember his first name. So just refer to him as Woody. So they just go and like so Vossy D shows up in this huge like space yacht. It's totally like a Java sail barge kind of thing, except it's like tall. It's like it's like what you would take on vacation in the fifth element. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very good. <laughs> it totally reminded me of that. That is very good. Yeah, I like that. So they get on it. And they go up, they've got to turn their weapons over, and they go up to this party room where everyone's eating and drinking, and uh, Beckett tells Han, don't talk to any of these people, whatever, they all suck. 
So, um, what happens? Boom! This chick that Han wants to go back to Corellia and save, she's one of the people on the ship. So this idea of what the movie is going to be has just changed. Now, like, he doesn't have to go find her and save her. She's there on the ship. Almost as if a new director stepped into the scene. <laughs> oh, do you think that's it? Do you think that in the original version, she was back on Corellia? Well, I, maybe it was more like the journey back to find her. Okay. Kind of thing. Okay. I don't know. So the mother of dragons is on the ship, and she's got like a little brand on her arm. She's like now property of the Golden Dawn or whatever it's called. Is it Golden Dawn, Red Dawn? Golden Shaft? Golden sh Golden Shower. <laughs> Something Dawn. The GS group. Golden. <laughs> it's, so she works for this dude, Vossie D. So anyway, Vossie D comes down. Mr. Deference to you. <laughs> Vossie D comes down and he says, oh, you know each other. Great. That's awesome. Oh, we grew up together, she says. I've known him since we were kids. Oh, awesome. He's really nice. He says, eat, drink, everybody. Hey, let's go up and talk about this deal, right? Um, although we've just seen that before he comes down, he's just murdered some local magistrate guy or whatever, like stabbed him to death. So he's got all these guards in this room. So they go up to his office and he's talking to them. And Woody's character, Beckett, is explaining that these people came in and stole this, you know, ruined it. And he's like, well, yeah, your job is to, to make sure that doesn't happen. So you failed me. So you know what happens to people who fail me. You're, we're done. Goodbye. And his guys, like, start coming out with guns. And they're like, no, 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 let us, let us make it up to you. And he's like, you can't make up to me. There's no way. Like, this is, you know, once you failed, you failed. Right. And so, like, he's basically saying, I answer to someone. Like, I have now failed someone higher up you know like you fail me then i can't deliver my goods so i have to you know i've got to do this and han comes up with the idea well what if we uh went and got the same amount of stuff well we can't possibly get any more of this stuff oh what if we got it unrefined well the only place they make that is kessel haha <laughs> <All right. laughs> suddenly the, uh, we understand. well no it was a different planet but they have to get through kessel to get there. Well, no, that's actually the planet Kessel. Oh, it's is it the planet? You, you make, so the Kessel Run, what we discover is you go through this thing oh, called the Maw. The, the Maw. And there's like a crazy, you know, it's, it's this place where everything is super screwed up in the space and it's dangerous. And if you don't follow this carefully marked path that takes 20 parsecs of distance to go through, if you don't do this, you'll, you, any ship that goes off this path just is never seen again. Sometimes people try to take a shortcut and go faster, get there in less distance. Like someone, someone was explaining, like if you were running a marathon and you like cut through an alley to cut some of the, you know, the distance off. Um, if you try to do that, your ship will be destroyed. So they go, so they need a ship that can go through there. And mother of dragons says she knows somebody who Kira. can possibly, I'm just, I'm calling her the, I'm, I'm going with, if we're going to, you know. Dragon lady. Yeah, well, she's she's the mother of dragons, and she's got a bunch of other... She's got a long list of names at Game of Thrones, so we'll call her that. Woohoo! Mommy D, she goes... Because Vossi D and Mommy D would work. Yeah, just go with it. So they go to this gambling place. Blah, blah, blah. Lando's there at a table. Han sits down. He starts playing. This whole thing goes on. Han pretends he has a really great ship. They bet the Falcon, eventually, all the money in the table is on there. They do that bullshit thing that they do in movies where you can bet more than is on the table, which they do that in movies all the time, but that's not how gambling games work. It might work that way in Star Wars. But it doesn't, because if he didn't have a ship to bet, he'd have to fold. Like, it doesn't work that way. You have to agree. Well, so anyway, they agree to put Han's imaginary ship up against the Falcon, and, and then it turns out... They're outlaws. They don't play by the <laughs> rules. Well, it turns out that... 
Lando cheated. Yeah. And he has a, a huge hand because he's got this thing up his sleeve, a literal card up his sleeve. On this weird mechanical thing. Playing Sabat. I think it's the game. Is that right? Sabak? Sabak. Is it Sabak? Sabak. Whatever. Anyway, so he gets all the money and then Han tells him the ship is in. It's, it's, it's getting repairs done, right? So the Mommy D shows up. Mother Dragon shows up and says, hey, we need you to do this job. They work it out. Beckett shows up. There's all this stuff. Apparently, Beckett reveals that he killed somebody, and uh, Lando likes that because Lando owed that person a lot of money. Yeah. And that person that he says he killed was a character, I guess, in like in a bunch of like the animated stuff, oh. which I haven't watched, so I don't know. In the Clone Wars cartoons or something. Mm. And then no one knew that that character was dead, so whatever. Um, that that was, I guess, one of the reveals. Oh. The, oh, one of the other reveals that has happened at this point is when they're when they're planning the job for the train. The woman says, we don't need him. We could get a real, we could get someone better. We could get the so-and-so sisters or we could get Bosk. Oh, right. So she name drops Bosk. And then the so-and-so sisters were someone from like, uh, one of the, like from one of the comics, uh-huh. which is kind of fun. I like the idea. I, I like the idea of just imagining that job with Bosk being the character. Oh yeah. Cause he didn't even speak English. <laughs> he awesome. was just like, but neither did, neither did Chewie. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, uh, getting ahead of it, Lando agrees to do it. They meet the crazy robot. They go through. We learn about what the Kessel Run is and why you can't do it the wrong way. They get to Kessel. They cause a robot uprising. Oh, yeah. That was a little <laughs> little goofy. And so here's the trick. We need a ticking clock mechanism. We need something to make this work. So unrefined hyperfuel has to be kept at a certain temperature. It's just fuel at this point. Right. If it heats up to a certain point... It will explode, and if you don't, and it will explode like massively, like a nuclear bomb. So the trick is, you have to have the this like really elaborate containment facilities for it, which is it to is keep it cold. To yeah. keep it cold, yeah. um, and the the Falcon does not have that stuff, right? Now, weirdly, the place they're keeping it doesn't seem too special. I guess it's cold or whatever, and the place they take it to doesn't seem too totally special well, in the way that, they offload it. Well, I thought the holders were keeping it cool. Right. And so when the holders are disconnected from their power source, they, they slowly warm up. And when they hit a certain temperature, they explode. They go critical. Uh, now, of course, you couldn't put... There's nowhere in the galaxy where you can get like a portable plug-in for those things. <laughs> so there's no way to have those things plugged in on the Falcon. That's the problem. So they the whole time they've been saying, you you have to basically get right out of there and fly straight to this place that refines the stuff or it's going to blow up. And so when they start trying to fly out, the robot has been destroyed and Lando is injured and he's bombed. He's sad about his robot. This robot who was self-aware feminist is causing robot um, revolutions and apparently having sex with Lando Calrissian. She's dead now. So they're flying out. And as they're trying and Land- to Lando was super broken up, about super it. broken up about it. Of course it is the worst I've ever seen, seen him. He was just like in a bad state. <laughs> he was in a bad state. And all this is rigging true to you, right? Is there anything we're missing? No. I got a little bit. So here's, once again, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, this uh, revolution scene with these robots and they're freeing these Wookiees and they're doing all this stuff. And I, it's hard to see. I hate the costumes. I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. At this point, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the movie. I'm following it. But stuff is annoying me a little bit. And it's all small. Like, I don't mind, right? Like, the story is working fine, but the train was, like, the big set piece where they spent all the money. It's just these little rooms and these little things. Do you think that's what Richie Cunningham shot? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. Ron Howard. (laughs) Whatever. Um, 
Maybe, maybe so. But they're getting out of there, and what happens? Why can't they go back through the Maw? Why can't they do the Kessel Run the other way for at 20 parsecs? Oh, Star Destroyer. There's a Star Destroyer coming in, taking up all the space, and when it sees them, it launches TIE Fighters at them. So what does Han do? He says, they'll never launch TIE Fighters at us. Oh, yeah, everything he says is wrong, yeah. right? But how does he decide to get away? Oh, they go through the wormhole? Like well, he goes straight. He just whatever. goes off the path. And they yeah. basically, the robot had said, anyone that goes off the path is dead. There's no way out. No one's ever going to find a way out of this place, right? So they totally do it. And the TIE fighters follow them. You know, they, oh, they won't follow us in here. And they follow them in there. And it's like, it's like flying through an asteroid field in a cloud. So there's just all kinds of crazy shit. And, um, and tentacles. So what they're trying to do... They've decided they're trying to hook up the robot, the dead robot. They're trying to hook up its brain into the Millennium Falcon's navigational computers. So they load the robot's brain into the Falcon, at which point the robot essentially becomes the Falcon. And that helps them navigate through this thing. I wonder how he'd fuck the robot, like, through the Millennium Falcon. Well, apparently there's a part in Empire where C-3PO connects to the Millennium Falcon and says that it speaks a very, very strange dialect. And apparently they did this on purpose. Apparently what C-3PO is referring to is talking to this other robot that's in the Falcon. Oh, that's like wanting to be sentient and like, one. yeah, and now where's Lando? I want to fuck. <laughs> right. It's stuck. It's stuck yeah. inside this thing. But now they're flying around and they're discovering, oh, yeah, this is terrible. There's a giant Cthulhu-like tentacle beast in the middle squid of the monster. Maw. There's this giant squid monster. And now this thing is after them. Right. And there's it was there any variation other than it was just huge? It was huge. It had a beak. It was kind of like a giant space octopus thing. Mm. Um, I mean, but but it was... I think it's very Cthulhu, actually. Mm. I, I thought it was. Interesting. Um, and then they discover that there's a... Yeah, there's a gravity well in the middle. So there's... On top of... They can't get too close to the middle, and they, they can't fly... They get to a point where they realize that they've flown too close, and they can't get out. They're stuck. They can only go in circles, and they're going to get gradually closer to this thing in the middle and get destroyed. Mm. So this is what happens to ships that go off the path. Oh my God, we're screwed, right? And they say, wait a minute. We've got these canisters of this unrefined fuel just about to explode in the, in the hold. If we could put a drop of that into the Millennium Falcon's drive, maybe it'll boost our systems and we can fly out of here. Mm-hmm. So they do that, and it works. Yeah. Uh, just before they do that, the giant tentacle beast gets uh, sucked into the black hole or gravity wall or whatever the fuck it is and gets destroyed. But and I, 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 what I thought was funny is they injected the super fuel and thing with, with basically a syringe. Oh yeah, a tube. big syringe in a tube. It's pretty awesome. I like that. It's almost like a steampunk version of the Millennium yeah. Falcon. It's like they're awesome. on set. We need a fuel and thing. Okay. <laughs> that was cool. Woody Harrelson does that. So basically he says, okay, I can see a way out. If we can just boost this thing enough to get us to break this gravity well, and we can shoot towards that opening, we'll hit hyperdrive and we'll get out. So essentially they do that. They do all of that. Here's what I'll say. They keep the tentacle creature from eating them by jettisoning the escape pod that Lando had added to the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Which is the whole front, the weird front part you see in the commercials. Once they do that, it looks like the normal ship. Yeah, yeah. Now... In Star Wars, when they bring in the Millennium Falcon to the Death Star with the tractor beam, mm-hmm. an Imperial says to Vader, they jettisoned all the escape pods, and there's no one on the ship, right? Mm-hmm. So I heard someone saying today that that's a mistake, that um, Lando added an escape pod, 
And if that's what the Imperials are referring to, there would have only been one. So all the escape pods is an incorrect thing. Well, I thought that was a cargo hold. <laughs> Originally, people thought that thing was to push cargo or like to load cargo, which actually made more sense with the site. I think that's right. I think that Lando's escape pod, I think that he took a freighter and made it more like a yacht, like a poor man's yacht. And so he wasn't going to load any freight. So he put his own special, like tricked out escape pod. So if he has to escape in the escape pod, it probably had like, you know, a bed and a cape room in it. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he that figured, was a big fucking cape room. Big, we just, all it a, was was capes. There is a cape room on the Falcon, and it's actually pretty awesome. Well, because one catches on fire and he gets so depressed. <laughs> it's a custom cape. It's a custom. So I know all this sounds dumb, but it's pretty good, in the course, in the thing of the movie. So, so here's the thing. I think these guys that were complaining about escape pod versus escape pods are actually, they're, they're missing another point. Han Solo, when he is first showing the Millennium Falcon, to Luke and Obi-Wan says, I've made a few modifications myself. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, among those few modifications could be two or more escape pods that were different than the one that went in the cargo thing. I think they still wanted to use, I think when Han had it, he used it for like the freighter it was, and they actually did load freight in through there. And he put in smaller escape pods like that were on the blockade runner. The, I just got this idea. Yeah, no, for episode a... nine. <laughs> what is it? Then, wouldn't it be cool if like Ray was just going through the Millennium Falcon and like bumps into this panel and like all of a sudden it's a cape room? Oh, you mean she finds? Yeah, the she cape finds a cape room, room, room there? that was that was hidden all all this time. And then old man Lando Calrissian is behind her, and he's like, "I knew he wouldn't let it go." No, it opens up and there's like a hologram thing, and it's like, "Who's in the cape room?" <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're going to have the reveal of the cape room, you need old Lando there, right? Yeah, but a hologram with his face on there so you wouldn't have to even have him on set. You could just do it. You could do it okay. on, all online with, like, Skype. I feel like Lando kept that shit clean, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, like, Han and Chewie never cleaned that shit at all. Yeah, they just let it go. I don't think they gave a shit about it. Well, I mean, room. you you got to remember, Wookiee was eating people just, like, a few hours previous, so... He's probably like pissing all over the place, you know. He's like an animal, so he just yeah, probably shits wherever. Totally, yeah. Jumps out of the shower, wipes himself all over the place. Cause you never see towels. Right. So you're saying that the that basically that's what Wookie living does to a place. Yeah. Yeah, that's not too bad. Wookie well, living hot. At the very least, he was probably rubbing against the white panels that were higher up, and that's why they got dingy because it was just rubbing off the Wookie hair. Well, it's probably greasy Wookie. Well, and. Oil and dandruff mix just blowing through there like a sure dry skin tornado. Sure, or something. sure. <laughs> Why not? So they Wookie flakes. So they actually get out, and when he shoots through the opening and this thing works and it takes off, that means that the distance they actually traveled to get from Kessel out into regular space was just over twelve parsecs. And then they he says we'll round down. So then he starts bragging. Well, we did the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. So that's the answer to that. Oh. And of course they were going to put it in the movie. Of course they were. Mm -hmm. What happens next? They go to the planet where they're going to refine the shit. It's kind of like a Mad Max planet. People yeah. People there are totally... Everything it's from It's like this... a Somali swap meet. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, they get the stuff off the Falcon in plenty of time. There's no threat of explosion. You know, they don't do that. They totally resist the urge to have like a, we've got to get these things plugged in before they blow. And then maybe they have to jettison one out into the water. 
and hope it's far enough away that it, you know like they they there's all these opportunities for things that they don't take and that's fine that's they just they succeeded they did the castle run so nothing explodes so they're fine and then Lando rips the, them off. Here's the thing. They didn't shut the bomb off with five seconds left. They shut the bomb off with 29 minutes left, as far as we know. Yeah. So they get there, and uh, this stuff is getting refined, right? And then, lo and behold, the raiders from the train thing show up again. Well, and then Lando steals the ship. Oh, well, so this is the thing. This is the thing you see in the trailer, where you see Han step out, and he unbuckles the gun on his sidearm, and you see all these evil-looking, you know, raiders out in front of him. So yeah, he walks out and says, I've got 20 mercenaries down there in that freighter waiting to come out and do my bidding with a snap of my fingers. And then as soon as he says that, yeah, Lando just flies the ship away, leaves him there looking like an idiot. Yeah. That would have been funny if, like, half of the raiders turned into dust like in Avengers. <laughs> yes, Thanos. But all, while this is happening, Thanos snaps his fingers yeah. somewhere else, except it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, oh, far yeah, away. Oh, yeah, that's so. true. That's the only... The timeline's wrong. But here is the thing. It turns out the raiders are actually... What are they, Matt? What are the raiders? Well, one of them's Woody's kid, isn't it? I got that impression that we were supposed to think the main raider was the child of Woody Harrelson and... Thandy. Thandy, yeah. But they don't say it. Yeah, they kind of look it. It's just implied. She looks like a redhead. Yeah. Like like a like a redhead. Yeah, she's um she's just like a mixture between a white guy and a black. Right. Woman. Right. Like a like she's like a she's like a redheaded black girl. I believe they call it biracial. Well, whatever. That's cool. Mm. Like and I don't know what they call it when it's two alien races in space, but yeah, that's who she looks like. But who are these people? What, what is it that they're actually trying to do? like? Oh, start a rebellion. Right. They're not working for another criminal lord. They want to take this space fuel to start a rebellion against the Empire. So th this is literally the beginning of the rebellion. If they get the fuel. And right now they've got the drop on Chewie and Han. And So anyway, they go have a talk. And basically Woody Harrelson says, we can't give these people the fuel. At this point, Han Solo wants to. Oh, and there's been this conversation the whole time now. Han's been trying to get together with the mother of dragons who he was like romantic with three years ago. And she's trying to say, you don't know what I've done. I'm a bad person. And Han keeps saying, I'm a bad person. And she's like, you're not a bad person. You're the good guy. You just don't know it. There's all of this through the whole movie while Han tries to become like a badder ass dude and keeps kind of failing. He comes through when he absolutely has to, but otherwise he fails. Would you say that's a good assessment? Yeah, because he succeeds mainly by luck. Yeah, seems like it. Or like actually pulling off stuff that it seems like the second time things work. So basically the thing where they got stuck in the speeder in the beginning, that's oh, kind right. of the same thing they do with the Falcon to get out of the Kessel Run thing, mm. um, except this time they make it. And then another time he says uh, they're pulling a move to get away from TIE Fighters or whatever. They're pulling a move that um, it was the move the best pilot he ever saw did. And then he, they asked him a question, and they said, well, he died doing it. Oh, right. And so then he does it, but doesn't die, right? So it's like kind of like second time's the charm on everything. So basically, they set up a deal by which they're going to double-cross um, Vossi D, who's about to show up in the yacht to collect his stuff, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to double-cross him so that they can give the space fuel to these rebellion people. Because now they're like, okay, that actually sounds like a good deal. I'd way rather help people fight the Empire than pay off a debt to a mob boss. Whereas Woody Harrelson's character is like, yeah, don't do this. You gotta live with the price on your head. It sucks. And then what does he tell him? He says, hey, I'm gonna go to Tatooine. He goes, I'll tell you what, I'm just gonna walk away from this deal. You do what you want. I'm gonna walk away. 
if you come out of this alive, come to Tatooine. There's a guy out there who's setting up a big deal. Oh, yeah. So the basically foreshadows Tatooine and Jabba. Well, and then when when does Vossi D come out with the lightsaber pocket knife things? So they weren't even full lightsabers. It was just it was an edge. It, yeah, it was just had. It just had a little razor light edge. edge, light edge. He's got um. And they kind of look like, yeah, they're these weird curved, like totally like unrealistic. It's a kind of dumb weapon. Well, it looks like they, uh, like something you buy at the open market. I mean, it's just like. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to like a, uh, a cigarette store, like a tobacco yeah. store, and they've got like really dumb looking cheap ornate knives. It looks yeah. like one of those, like the weird curved one. that They're like, right next to the lighters. They're yeah. shaped like the hand grenade. Totally. Like it might actually have a lighter in the handle. Yeah. I, I'm imagining it does. <laughs> This one does. It's a lightsaber lighter. Yeah. So what they do is they're going to do this. one in, in a bottle opener. In a bottle opener, yeah. totally. So they're going to betray Vossi D. So essentially what they do is they bring everything up to the guy's office, and the mother of dragons is there, Chewie's there, Han's there. They tell him that Woody Harrelson's character died. The dude's looking at this hyperfuel, and he says, this is impressive. How did you do it? console is like no it's hard like it was hard but like we did it you know and he's like no how did you fake it so realistically and he's like it's not fake that's the real thing and then he basically reveals that woody harrelson totally double crossed them and told this guy that they were going to pull this move on them and that guy comes in the office and then it ends up being this whole thing that the real double cross is that han knew that woody harrelson's character would do that and that was the actual space fuel and the fake space fuel is the stuff down on the planet where all of that guy's enforcers are down on the planet now trying to take it from the people who are going to be the rebels oh and the boxes are empty and the boxes are empty on the planet and then they kill all his enforcers so he's like now the only one left on his yacht and he's got to fight whatever there's a big fight it ends up being was it kira kira well I've been calling her Mother of Dragons. Oh, whatever. So she basically acts like she's fighting Han, but she uses that as an opportunity. You think she's going to turn around and stab him, but she just cuts him a little bit. So everyone gets off the yacht. She's fighting Vossi D. She ends up killing him. How did she kill him? With a, with a sword or something? Yeah, did she? I can't remember. This is how unimportant it was. I don't remember his death. Well, I remember he, he died from some kind of puncture wound, but I can't remember how he got it. Yeah. Weirdly, it seems... You know, I think she grabbed a sword off of one of those suits of armor or something and stabbed him. Is that what happened? Isn't that what she was doing to fight Han? I can't fucking remember. And Han's trying to get his gun and all this stuff. Anyway, well, it doesn't matter. That guy dies. Whatever. She's on the ship. He's dead. Now, Woody Harrelson's character takes Chewie at gunpoint so that Chewie can carry the fuel. Mm -hmm. So then Han shows up and you get this like classic like gunfighter scene yeah. where he's standing there and Beckett's standing there, Beckett being Woody Harrelson's character. And Woody Harrelson's character is talking about betraying him and to he told him all this stuff and da-da-da. Before he even gets done talking, you just see a laser hit hit him in the chest. Yeah, Han just, just fucking off screen just fucking shot him. Yeah, he doesn't even like, because he's, he's, his last line before he gets shot is... It reminds me of this time or something. Like, like he's, he's going to tell a story. Yeah, he's going to tell like and uh, some kind of like, oh, these are the rules to it'll life. Be, it'll whatever. be a distracting thing while he gets the drop on him and kills him because he's going to. And But Han knows he's just going to keep double crossing him. So he basically just. He just cuts him off. He, he greedos him. him. He greedos him, which is 
he is actually becoming the guy he says he wants to be. Well, he's o- he he OG Greedoed him like before. The- totally OG. Han shoots first. Believe me, this he shoots movie way makes first. The point. He shoots way first, and then sits there with him. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, they they have like a nice ending, you know, where it was kind of like this like understanding, like, hey, this is how it goes, whatever, you know. And then fucking Woody Harrelson's character was like, like, good job shooting first, basically as he's dying. Yeah, like, they, they that pretty, was awesome. They cut the scene in a way that. Even if George Lucas decides some, you know, buys back the Star Wars thing and wants to re-edit it, that there is absolutely, because there's no, he never gets to tell the story, so there's nothing to cut together. Historically, for me, the best things in Star Wars movies are Han shooting. And the best thing in Star Wars was Han shooting Greedo. It was the first thing I heard about. My brother told me about it, and it made me want to see the movie, because he saw it first. So that's why I hated the change. You're very anti-alien in those in, days. In Empire, I think the coolest scene in The Empire Strikes Back is when the door opens and they think they're going to have dinner. And Han Solo sees Vader and pulls and shoots with no hesitation. Is I think, like, one of the most badass things that ever had his character do. Because it's an instantaneous Vader, oh fuck, shoot, shoot, shoot. And he loses. I mean, Vader takes the gun away. He blocks the shots and pulls the gun, right? And makes him come in. How do you know who Vader was? I think they just know who Vader is. I think oh. that's the deal. But that's one of the things I like about it is it's not even he goes straight to action. Like he, and it's it, <laughs> it, it is it's right for his character. And so I love in this that you don't even see him pull the gun. You just see the laser shot. And you know exactly what has happened. Well, you don't need to see him pull and shoot. In Empire he just saw a black guy and took a shot. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's pretty bad, right? Yeah, but we Kinda learned racist. That originally it was a white guy. The first guy he took down was a white guy. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, well, green guy. And Vader was a white guy inside a black suit. Yeah. Like Eddie Murphy in the barbershop, but opposite. I don't think I ever saw the barbershop. Not barbershop. In Coming to America, Eddie Murphy plays a white guy in the barbershop. Oh, a Jew- yeah, Jewish guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Should I not say white guy if it's an old Jewish guy? Fuck, I don't know. They're all white to me. <laughs> That's what I figured. But Eddie Murphy played like the white guy famously on uh, SNL, right? Where he put on the makeup and then went out and got like a bank account. Oh, right. <laughs> One of the one of the classic great comedy late night comedy bits of all time. Was As he's it? on the bus and yeah. the two black guys get off and they bring out like the cocktail. Waitresses. Yeah, and they start dancing. <laughs> he learns all the secrets. Because you know that really happens. Actually, I wouldn't know. I'm not white, but Matt, you're as much in any club that there is that I'm in, so you know all the secrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that's the end of the movie, and then we get a big reveal. What is the big reveal that we get? Um, There's one more big reveal. Oh, Darth Maul is the leader of the Crimson whatever. Crimson Dawn. Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. <laughs> so it turns out that the person who... The Crimson Curse. Mother of Dragons actually answers to is Darth Maul, who is still alive in the movie universe. Now, th- this isn't a surprise to people who watch the cartoons. Yeah. Now, do you think they fucked... No, because this is the thing I talked to you about. Darth no longer has his maul. Right, I know, but he, maybe he has a mechanical maul. It's possible. Like, but a, they, like a drill. We talked about this. Now, we, we definitely talked a lot at the end of, of our Rogue One podcast episode. Well, when we, April was here, where we talked about whether or not Darth Vader has a penis. Well, no, he has a penis. It's just burnt. Right. It's a crispy Darth penis. Darth Maul's entire bottom half from the waist down is gone. We know definitively that he has lost his, uh, his cock. Yeah, but he probably has a... A macaque. So you think they, well... Mechanical cock. Right, but he's got... It's possible. 
but I don't know. They have to, they'd have to give him like full those like total bionic legs, like Luke's bionic hand, so he could feel. I think he's actually just got robot legs. Well, he does have robot legs, but that doesn't mean he can't have a robot dick. Like he has the whole full robot. He has the full Monty robot from waist down. <laughs> so right, I don't know what the per like C-3PO doesn't have a visible penis, except right. in that one trading card. Right, but he's not like aggro either like maul still aggro you're saying they whoever was gonna do that work and be like well we're gonna have to give him something yeah we're gonna have to give him a crank he won't be weighted correctly well no for it, sword fights and he'll have to have big metal testicles to keep making <laughs> testosterone so he could still be angry and shit all the time you think he has a testosterone gen we don't know uh, that his alien a body runs off that it does in my mind. So you think he's got metal balls that are generate. little testosterone factories yeah. to put into his the top portion of his uh, Sith body. Yeah, so he can keep being aggro. Okay. Because That's if there's no testosterone in his body, he's, you know, he's just going to get fat. And... All right. You don't think he just... And be, be you don't like... think Sith rage sustains him? No. I, I think he has to have metal balls. Okay, I'm with you. We'll find out because so I, think I agree with Mike from Red Letter Media. I always watch those guys' stuff. I uh, watch the Half in the Bag program, and I agree that the whole purpose of this was to set it up for the Obi-Wan movie. I said that. You, you said that he said that Darth Maul was set up for that? Yeah. Oh, because I heard them say that on that show today. Oh, because, yeah. Um, and well, I didn't be, know because what in they the were cartoon, say. Because in the cartoon, uh, which is canon, Obi-Wan fights Darth Maul again. Oh. And that's when he actually dies. When well, so it's not canon because they're not gonna. It can't be canon because it has death of Darth Maul and that hasn't happened in the, in the movies yet. Well, no, it's canon according to Disney. I mean, because it, it because well, that scene happens way after. It's getting retconned then because we don't know that they're gonna just make the movie version of that cartoon. Well, if they weren't, then wouldn't that not be canon? Right. What happened in the cartoon would not be canon. Right, but they say it's canon. Okay. So if it's canon, yeah. it it could change. They have to constantly change that stuff as they're they're making the movies come out. So um, so that's good. So what happens is Mother Dragons flies away, leaving Han and Chewie on the planet, and the people who refined the space fuel give Han a little bit of the space fuel refined. So he's actually got something of value. So what does he go do? With Why it? did they give it to him? For basically. It's the well. It's so it's the rebellion people, right? It's the people. Who, it's oh, Warwick, right, Warwick, right. Warwick Davis. Is in it. He's one of the people. Willow. Willow. Um, he's playing the same character from Phantom Menace at the pod race. Oh. He bets on Anakin in the pod race. Oh, and apparently right. this is the same character. Oh. So they say, they tell Han and Chewie, come with us. Be part of our rebellion. He's like, ah, oh, it's not my sort of thing. And she makes some kind of comment like, oh, it will be or something. Or I bet someday it may be. And so as a reward for helping them get all of this fuel they give him enough basically it's like payment we can't give him money they give him payment they give him like one cartridge of the a cartridge yeah. of it and they say it's worth like ten thousand credits i think is what they say so he goes and tracks down well what happens what happens well he tracks down lando does tracks down lando and is that lando's what, playing in a card room is that what he uses to bet he that's how he buys in oh right, right he right. buys into the game and then um there's something happening uh oh he sees him and like they do, they do a big hug, hug. And because Lando is in trouble with somebody or something. Something's going down, right? And so he hugs he hugs Han to, like, uh, take the heat off of him. Oh, no. 
it, he hugs Han because uh, he thought he was going to kick his ass because he stole the Millennium Falcon. Right. And deserted him. And deserted him. Something like that, right? And when they hug, they, he grabs but he the didn't, card. But he didn't steal it because it was still his. Right, but I mean, he deserts him. He did desert them, yeah. yes, and they're still alive. And Chewie's there, and Chewie would pull them apart, right? Yeah. So they hug, and uh, basically, they're playing the exact same game as they were playing earlier, and all the money's in the middle of the table, and now Han has been winning a lot. So he pushes it all in, and then Lando bets the Falcon to, yeah. to be able to stay in the hand, and then he goes to show his hand, and he doesn't have his hidden card in his sleeve. It's missing. So he has to just play the hand that he has, because who knows the rules of this game where you can just play with multiple cards or whatever. So he puts his hand down, and he's got a fairly good hand. And then Han shows his hand, which is better, although we don't know the rules, so we just have to go from the reactions of everybody. And then he shows that he has the card that was up Lando's sleeve. Yeah. So that's how he gets the Falcon. End of movie. Unless there's something I can't remember that happened after that. Um, I think that was it. Did that? I mean, we didn't stay through the credits, so there might have been... I don't think there was a post-credit scene, like where where Lando's where Lando's trying to uh, fuck the lower half of the robot. Oh man, he's got like a poorly constructed version of the robot. No, it's actually the, the he's like, talk the, to me, baby. The half that he left behind. Oh, no. I oh, knew right. I found the better half. He did leave. Yes, he did have to leave half the robot behind. Yeah, he in left the from the waist down. He left. He left the robot. So. This is the only half I'm interested in. God. So, well, he, the the half he saved was the top half. So you think it was an oral, strictly oral type relationship? That robot didn't have any orifices at all, Matt. It might have had a couple of hatches that kind of just opened. That's true. R2 is always surprising with the things that can pop out of those little yeah, compartments. Yeah, I mean, like he fit a whole lightsaber inside of him and shot it out of the top of his head. I mean, imagine what. <laughs> Archie squirted out a lightsaber. Yeah, he, that's basically what he did. I mean, he's basically shaped like a penis anyway. The plug. Yeah, butt plug. So I think we've done it. I think we did both Deadpool and Solo. We didn't talk about Last Jedi at all. A ton of stuff we didn't talk about. But let's what? tell me what's your one thing you want to say about Last Jedi. Um, I wonder how pissed J.J. Abrams is. <laughs> I did a, a Doug Lawless video. I filmed a video of Doug Lawless talking about... The proper way to watch the Last Jedi. It's on the YouTube channel for um for nobody's knows. And uh and he definitely talked about like the different problems people had with the movie and how it didn't matter because the movie was good anyway. Uh, Issues with uh, hyperspace ships going through ships and why they had a, a chase in space instead of just you know the Empire could have like stopped them at any time if they wanted. Yeah, I I guess the only thing that I wished was that Luke just fucking instead of doing all that stand on. Octoon Baby or whatever that planet was. That I he, think that's what it was called. You know, that he actually came and... Oh, you didn't and, like the fact that he did that? Uh, I did like that. The Force Ghost battle? Yeah, but I, I was just thinking how much better it would be if he like went running through there and just was slicing the walkers off at the feet. and You know, just... That would have been cool, but we've never seen... Or jumping around they, they, and stabbing him. Uh, right. Lightsabers can't just cut walker legs like that. They're too thick. Or just did whatever, like force pushed him into the air and dropped him or something. It would be pretty sweet. So he's just got so much power that he's picking up walkers and smashing other walkers with him? Yeah, I mean, similar in the way that Rogue One kind of reintroduced Vader. Uh-huh. Like, have him just walk through there, like, staring straight ahead and just going, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And, and, but with the walkers, like, throwing them hundreds of feet in the air and then just dropping them. There's one unforgivable sin 
in The Last Jedi. No full frontal nudity. Okay. That applies okay. to all the movies. Okay, make that two. <laughs> two. Two. No. The death of Admiral Akbar is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they kind of announce it on the PA system, don't they? Yeah. Uh, Admiral Akbar has just died. Well, they say all of the command crew, including Akbar, or something like that, right? So here's the thing that sucks. So what happens is uh, Kylo comes flying in. He's going to shoot where his mom is. He decides not to do it, but his support troopers on either yeah, side continue. of him fire, and they blow up the bridge, and all the bridge grows, so, they get blown into space. So you, you thought they should have had Admiral Akbar actually go, it is a trap! <laughs> no. Here's what, I, here's what I think should have happened. It should have done massive damage to the bridge, blown the hell out of all the other Mon Calamari guys, like totally done, like massive damage and everything was starting to vent and it was starting to fall apart and break off and she was there and she was hurt super bad like she was knocked out and she was getting pulled across the floor and Akbar was trashed but he was holding on with his crazy squid man hand and he caught her and he brings her up to the door and they're on the other side of the door and he's like save her and like and then he puts her like they bring her in through the door and as they're getting her the rest of the ship breaks away and Akbar gets sucked out into space having saved Leah. We don't have to have her Mary Poppins shit and Akbar gets a heroic death. And then you could have Princess Leah walk in and go, "Why does it smell like fried shrimp in here?" <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We'll add that to it. We do the heroic cuz if you buy yourself that extra with having the heroic death, you can have some fun with it. Yeah. It smells like popcorn shrimp in here. Or like, okay, guys, who ordered from the Colonel and didn't tell me? I love the guy who directed the film, what was Ryan Johnson. I love Brick. It's probably my favorite movie. I think the guy does great work. That was a mistake. Killing Akbar basically off camera, or just not in any way that mattered, was a mistake. The movie would be perfect you, if only that scene were in it. Well, well do you think... They should, Everything else I'm cool with. Do you think they should have had it? You know, they just show the blast coming in and, like, his skin just burning off. <sighs> no, it shouldn't. He should do something as he dies. Akbar should have a, a death that mattered, and you, we had something that needed to be accomplished. We had to have Leia survive the bridge explosion. Akbar dies in the bridge explosion. You know what they should have had Therefore, do? have Akbar save Leia. They, yeah, but, and then to, uh, to hide what they're doing, he could blow out a shitload of ink, you know, because he's the squid. We never did have Akbar ink in anybody. Yeah, that's like, another totally like he, wasted thing. He could totally like cloak, like, like she's. They're gonna see us. No, they won't. And <laughs> just spits up all this maybe, ink over her. Maybe he's all bridge crew protect, and they all bend over and blow ink at Leah, and it totally splatters her up against the side of the of the wall with all this thick ink. And then when the bridge blows away, she's still stuck under the ink, and that's how they scrape her off the hull and bring her back in. There you go. That would work, too. That seems like a more Matsuoka kind of solution. Well, if it was me, I'd just have her sing Nami. What? <laughs> like an Al Jolson thing. Why? Yeah, no, that I don't think that makes it better to add that. Well, I didn't say it made it better. It just came to my head. You don't have to say everything that comes to your head. I don't. <laughs> I thought we already established we've, that. We, we've established some things. That's true. My friend. No, Akbar. So Akbar... On-screen death this year. Purposeful on-screen Oh, purposeful. Because I think someone would nitpick and argue, well, you see when he blows up and flies out in space. I, I, my only complaint is it was a little too reactionary to me. What do you mean? Yeah, movie as a whole. Just that important plot points seem to come about in direct reaction to plot points that were established in the previous film. Yeah. And it 
didn't necessarily have to follow logic. It was just like, oh, well, we're going to kill Snoke because everyone was wondering who Snoke was. It was set up that way in Force Awakens. And it's like, oh, that's what they're expecting. Well, I don't want them to get what they, you know. I enjoyed the subverting of expectations. Well, I wouldn't have minded the subverting of expectations if they just bent it a little bit, not come up with something that's completely the opposite, like 50-50. It's right. just like, it's so transparent, is like that style, because it's like, oh, he must have looked at The Force Awakens and said, oh, turn it 180 degrees. Sure. I hated Snoke as a character, so I was kind of happy that it went that way. Um, and I like the Kylo Ren thing with her. Like, yeah, I didn't have a problem with Snoke as a character. I mean, there's a huge group of people that really, really think that they have to hook up in Episode Nine. That the the balance to the Force, the eventual balance to the Force that was predicted with Anakin, was that this son would mate with. What's her name? It was the Ray that they would come together and have a child that was neither dark side nor light side, and it would end the concept of there always has to be a, a dark always rises when there's light. Mm -hmm. Which right, so this would be the end of it. So it's a it's basically I even made a meme about this. She's the crystal, he's the shard. Got to heal the shard just like in the dark crystal. Hmm. I don't even remember that part. <laughs> so, oh wait, I when think the Gelfling yeah, okay, jumps yeah. on there and puts a little piece back in the sh the crystal, then the Skeksis and the and the Mystics come back together and become their original creatures. Mm. That's what happens in, in the end of Dark Crystal. So that's what you think is going to happen, and kind well, in I'm just saying nine? it's like an analogy for it. Oh. I think the point is is that the reason why they've done this like attraction between Kylo, a believable like chemistry between Kylo Ren and Rey where they could kill each other or totally like she could have maybe gone over to his side and they could have had like a you know yeah I did, galactic I mean, bang out i didn't mind that part either i thought uh, it was great I, I thought so people are really really hoping that they find a way to bring those two together to heal the universe well i mean like now that they hate each other of course they're gonna fuck because that's usually why people fuck anyway wait do tell oh like and i'm not talking about like oh making love i mean just like fucking like that happens so much. You think that's just that's just how it is? I yeah, it's like I don't like you, and then they you know they end up uh, drinking or something, and you know kind of letting loose, and one thing leads to another, and next thing you know, one of them's bent over getting a high hard one from the other. Right. What I like about the way you tell that story is it's totally non-gender specific. What? Well, high hard one could be anything. <laughs> well, you said I... one of them and the other one. You didn't say he and her, which was cool. Well, uh, you know, I I am trying to be more politically uh, sensitive. Right, but you would really, I mean, I've heard you tell a lot of these stories over the years. I mean, it could go either way with you. That's what people say. Okay. Speaking of pansexual, have I showed you my cape room? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't see this movie, like, when I was in middle school or something, because I totally would... You want a cape room? Yeah, I'd probably want... I'd That's probably, your takeaway. I'd probably build a cape By room. the way, we just jumped right back to Solo. Matt, I don't know why you shouldn't build a cape room now. I just don't have the room. Listen, dude, you're going to have to make a decision pretty soon anyway. You're coming up on 50 years old. So? You're going to have to make the decision... On whether or not I want a cape room? Am I going to be the guy that wears a cape or not? And I think there's a point where you can't make that decision anymore. The time has passed, and you are rapidly then approaching it. I, I don't 
I didn't say I was going to wear them. I just wanted the room. I think you should. I think you should create an entirely new fashion sense for yourself that includes a cape. Fuck! If I do that, I might as well start a collection of two tops and loincloths or something. You're t- okay. Like a disco Tarzan. No, I want to explain. <laughs> so you, your new look. It's you disco want, Tarzan. You want a sequin want a, tube top, a sequin tube, tube top, top, and a loincloth. A loincloth. So and a so cape, ass exposed, and then a cape, a cape to cover the ass, a cape, or to control who gets to see the ass, like you know, oh, curtains open. So when it gets serious, do you do the thing where you undo the cape and pull it up and let go, and then you're just there in the loincloth <laughs> of the tube top? No, I I I rip a massive fart that just blows it up in the air. Of course, your cape will be billowing. Yeah, a billowing cape is a happy cape. I would just put both arms up in the air, making fists, and just go, and that thing would just blow up like Marilyn Monroe's dress. I need to ask a couple more questions about this, even though this podcast needs to end, but this definitely cannot it, go. It could be filmed, if that's <laughs> what you're asking. You, this is your character for a program? Okay. No, it's my new look in life, where, as far as you told me. Where do you envision wearing this outfit? Do you see yourself dude, going to a club? Dude, where do I envision not wearing this outfit is the question. So when we go to the bank, weed store, and grocery store, which is what we do at least once a week, that's the drive I take you on, hmm? you would wear this into those places. Do you think they would serve you in the weed store if you walked in like that? Yeah, I wouldn't get a second look in the weed store. So we would just be pushing a cart in the frozen food section... At grocery, well, not let's say we just go to a good store. Let's say we go to like QFC. What you mean? You think I'm gonna get too cold walking past the frozen section? Any section. We're just, I'm. You're just selecting. You know, mm-hmm. you're selecting stuff. Whatever it was you normally get. You know. Well, I'll check the loincloth for overhangs, so I don't, you know, be too exposed. Okay. Okay. You know, I'll, Matt, I you I will take you to these places if you dress this way. I'll, I'm cool with it. I'll check. I'll. Make sure there's no nut overflow. <laughs> wayward nuttage. I'll avoid wayward nuttage. Should always. So that's good. Cape room. Costume, sequin tube top, loincloth with no overhangs, and cape. Uh, am I going to wear shoes? Well, yeah. That Footwear? What do you wear with this? I think Uggs. A pair of no, Uggs. No. <laughs> Something no. that goes up and has kind of a fur kind of vibe. Uggs were named for a reason. Um, no, what would I wear on my moon boots get some old school moon boots maybe moon boots i'm thinking <laughs> or those homer simpson slippers i have you know where you stick your feet in the mouth have you ever seen those they're shaped like homer simpson's head, head and you stick and you basically just stick your feet in his mouth uh, i'll have to show them to i you. think with a look like this you don't want any trademarked um you don't want homer simpson so just feet. maybe some generic bunny slippers yeah that might work. Bunny slippers, something. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get bunny slippers where you put your feet in the rear end. Well, Matt, I think. Are you willing to draw a version of what we described for the for the web page? Yeah, it's easy. Okay, just draw yourself, Ultra Matt, with you know, with your Ultra Cape. I mean, do you want the like with the loincloth and the? Oh, uh, you, the we need to see the things you've described. And, and on the it doesn't have to be billowing, but you can do that if you want. I'm trying to think of the shoe wear equivalent of the loincloth and the tube top. I mean, it could be flip-flops. Dude, it's obvious. What? Roller skates. 
All right, I'm done. We can stop. That's it. Yeah, that's it. This podcast is a product of the Nobody's Knows Podcast Network. Executive producers, David R. Larson and K. Drake Streetman. Music for this episode provided by The Hit from the record Shermer, Illinois. Spoiler.